gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. Of course, we are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey as well. Chicken Cock Whiskey is one of the finest brands out there. It is born in Paris, Kentucky but it serves itself pretty darn good in my house, that's for sure. If you have downloaded the Chief Sports app, click on the Chicken Cock Challenge button, and that'll show you where to get it, wherever you are. Perry's in Columbia, so he could just pull up the app right now, go right down the street to the liquor store and buy some chicken cock, and hopefully enjoy a big upset this weekend over the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs between the hedges. We'll see, but Perry has been kind enough, as always, on Thursdays to join us inside the playbook. We'll look back and look forward at Gamecock football. JC, JB, and Phil, Mike Morgan, Chris Phillips, both still ahead on our program today as well. But we got our quarterback, Perry Orth. What's up, man? Another day, brother. Living the dream. Whoa. Ready? Dude, your glasses. Those are sweet, man. The blue light glasses are a must, man. We, uh, I have good vision. Um, I know it didn't seem that way sometimes when I was playing, but um, I do have good vision and trying to maintain that that good eyesight as long as I can. So apparently these blue light glasses are supposed to help with the uh, the screen. Oh, well, I mean, I don't need them, but I might get some anyways just because they're sweet looking. So hats off <laughs> yeah, to you, big like dog. Uh, that's... So, um, okay. Yeah, very, very inexpensive. I don't, JC. Yours aren't blue light, are they? They're just you. Just need them just to just to see. Yeah. I'm blind. Oh, okay. <laughs> like without them, yeah. And it's getting worse, guys. It's getting a lot worse. Oh well, like, yeah, it's noticeably bad. I think I, I think I sat too close to the TV to watching the Flintstones when I was a kid. So I had just introduced my kids to the Flintstones not long ago. Number one, number two, being a fan of Gamecock football, being blind might not be the worst thing. 
on the planet from time to time. So, but hopefully that's not the case this weekend. We'll get right into it with Perry. We gotta gotta slip him out of here on time today. He's got you know real work to get to uh, here in just a little bit, Perry. But um, all right, so let's just go. I'm gonna ask you a blanket question about last weekend against Furman, um, com- comparing it to the opening weekend against North Carolina. Where did you see the uh, biggest gains, the largest improvement for this football team? Well, let's talk about the offensive line because they got blasted um, after the North Carolina game. I thought it was much improved. Obviously, the front of Furman is not quite as fierce as North Carolina, but um, I didn't see or notice a lot of schematical or you know, mental errors, obviously, I always like to throw a disclaimer out there. I don't know the plays that are called. I don't know their signals. I don't know their responsibilities. Just basing my knowledge of how we teach things at Cardinal Newman and my knowledge of the game based off of what I see Saturday afternoon um, or Saturday evening. So um, with that said, they 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 seem to have shored up some things. Um, Spencer Rattler got rid of the ball quickly, super efficient, crazy accurate. Um, I think the surprise of the year for me personally has been Xavier Leggett. Uh, we all knew he had the ability to to be a good receiver, big, strong, fast playmaker. Um, but man, just taking over college football in two games. Um, you know, you get him and Juice Wells on the perimeter. Kind of goes back to what we were saying three weeks ago before we had even kicked it off. You know, you look at look at this roster and you look at the guys and the talent on offense. Um, you know, we should be able to throw it on virtually anybody if we can protect. And we're, sh- you know, we're seeing that right now. I, I think that Spencer Rattler, um, if he continues to play at the pace that he's doing, he'll have, you know, the best statistical season of any quarterback ever at South Carolina. I think he looks extremely comfortable. That's probably the number one thing that, I have noticed of how comfortable he looks back there. He doesn't look rushed. He doesn't look frantic. He looks calm. He looks like he's got a grasp of what's going on. Having somebody like a Dowell Loggins that can speak his language, speak to him at a high level. Um, Spencer Rattler will be playing in the NFL next year. Will he be a starting quarterback for a team? I don't know. Will he be on an NFL roster? There's no question about it. But getting him prepped to that level, but also prepping him in a way that he's able to grasp it, understand it, and then proceed by playing and executing what, what is, you know, what is prepared is um, it's been really good through two games. I just pray he stays healthy. Um, that, that would be the, the big takeaway. The next thing, you know, defensively, man, we, you know, they had, Furman had a couple good drives. Now I'll tell you, Furman's what, number four in the country in FCS? Um, that's a damn good football team, like damn good. And, uh, you know, they hung around a little bit. I think that when you play lesser teams like that, you kind of go through the motions. And then when we kind of were like, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's play some football. This team can play a little bit. I think we just, we outmanned them. Um, and we executed at a high level. You can sit here and say all day, well, we're just better, but you still got to go out there and do it. Right. Um, was really impressed with the way that we attacked the rest of the game. Um, and um, I think it goes without saying that Gamecock fans, including myself, are beyond ecstatic for um, the quarterback of the future in Lenora Sellers. The kid 
the kid can just play. End of story. I uh, went to his state semifinal game against AC Flora. He, you know, I spent three years coaching over there, great school. And the dude was a man among boys. AC Flora was probably the best team in 4A, but South Florence just had the best player in the state. And uh, the kid, the kid has every tool, everything imaginable that you would want as a college quarterback. And uh, man, my prayer is that he just stays locked in, stays healthy, and uh, can continue on on the path and the trajectory that he is showing because he is a special, special talent. All right, so let me ask you this then, Perry, because um, this is this is Spencer Rattler's team. We all know that. You hear that every time anybody in the locker room opens their mouths. Um, you, alongside uh, many knowledgeable football people, clearly understand the talent and the skill set that Lenora Sellers brings to the table. Do you envision a scenario moving forward, starting with this weekend against the Dogs and then the rest of the season – uh, or the, the, re- the remaining games on the schedule beyond that, where Lenora Sellers finds a role on this football team, even though Spencer Rattler's the guy. We all know he's the guy, but Lenora Sellers from time to time maybe can bring something a little bit different to the table, especially if there are issues that persist up front with the offensive line. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is his team. Me personally, I know this may count the, you know, a lot of folks may disagree. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, let's use him like we use Tebow. I think we redshirt him. We get him snaps in three more games, and then we redshirt him because then we have four more years of him. Do I think that we have quarterbacks on our roster that are capable of being Spencer's backup? Yes, that can go out, win games, play well, and do what we need to do um, to keep that redshirt on him. That, that, that would be my course of action now. Spencer gets hurt and we're kind of spiraling and we need to use them, then let's use them. Um, but the, to, to have him an additional couple of years or at least an ad- additional year by redshirting him and giving him the opportunity to be in the system, go to the class, you know, go to classes, right? Learn where the bathrooms are on campus, learn terminology, just be in a co- an 18 year old kid, another year to develop emotionally, mentally, physically it just serves well for quarterbacks um now like i said if you need him play him but um you know he he had the opportunity like i said to showcase his ability um i certainly would not want to roll him out there and say hey go win the game in athens that that that's a losing proposition right um, <laughs> but you know next year would i say let's go ahead and roll him out and do this thing yeah absolutely um uh, from my knowledge of of just looking at him, um, from things I hear that go on in the building, which is not much, but he uh, he is taking leaps and bounds um, in his progression as a quarterback for this team. All right, Perry. Uh, we we know what Georgia brings to the table annually on the defensive side of the football. Looking at this game here, uh, Carolina. Uh, more than likely, you're going to see some freshmen out there this weekend on the offensive line. Whether whether they get the start, I don't know. Um, but uh, I would, if I was a betting man, I would say that you can count on some freshman offensive linemen getting some playing time this weekend, and maybe significant playing time for Carolina. 
All right, so with that said, maybe more talented than some of the older guys that have been starting. I don't know. I don't want to throw these guys under the bus, but probably a little bit more talented, but still young. you got problems no matter what. What do you do to stop a Georgia front that you know is better, that for the most part it's just going to beat you one-on-one? From a personnel standpoint, how does your offense combat that to yeah. move the football? Number one, you play the best player, clearly. I think that goes without saying, but you got to play the best player. Um, you know, I don't know much about Georgia's pass rush, but there are things that you can do to slow pass rush down. Everybody says, you know, screens and draws, but, you know, from a more of a technical standpoint and true, true pass protection, you can slide protect, right? Where instead of man on man, everybody's just got a gap. And then once they hit that gap in collision, right, they just stick with their guy. Um, you can do a lot of that. That certainly helps versus just saying like, hey, we're going to go man on man pass pro um, and, and see what happens. You can, you know, slide, protect and cut. Um, I know people don't might not want to do that now, especially after what happened with uh, Aaron Rodgers on Monday night. You know, slide, protect guy gets up, doesn't get rid of the ball you know, rips his Achilles. Now I know that's kind of a freaky deal and Athens has got grass, but it is what it is. So you kind of, some people don't like to cut. You can move the pocket, roll the pocket, right? Get them out. Mm-hmm. You can also do different things in the run game to really influence the pass rush as well. So um, I would say by starting with playing the best guys, making sure that they're dialed in, it's going to be a loud environment. You already know they've been practicing where they turn the speakers on in the indoor and it's loud. You can't hear anything. It's all signal based. Quarterbacks got to go run up to each one. I mean, I remember like practicing for it like it was yesterday. So um, a lot of these, a lot of the other surrounding cast has been in environments like that. They're going to understand the loud, you know, whether it's at Georgia or, you know, at Tennessee, it's all loud, loud is loud, right? You can't communicate. So it's just, how do you, how do you communicate when, you know, you can't audibly, you know, speak with certain teammates or you have to run and yell and do all of this stuff. So, um, the other thing that will help is the run game. We've got to find a way to get active in that. Um, you know, I, I don't know, uh, you know, the vulnerabilities of a Georgia defense, but, you know, you guys heard me talk on on numerous occasions about being, you know, a gap scheme run team, um, you know, mixing a little inside zone in there. So it opens up your counter run. Um, so I'd be intri- I'll be intrigued to see how we utilize it because we're going to need to do that. And I think that's what hurt us again, like I said in the first game, is that, couldn't run the ball, got an obvious passing downs. And uh, you, you don't want to live in that world, especially going against a Will Muschamp coached defense. We all know that he's one of the best in the country when it comes to, uh, you know, constructing and coordinating a defense. Um, so, you know, he's obviously got mot- added motivation to put a good product on the field. So we'll yep. see. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. So two new running backs toted the rock last week, Mario Anderson and uh, DJ Braswell, your thoughts on those guys? Ran the ball hard. I think it's really a good one-two punch. You know, Anderson's big, big, thick dude. Uh, Braswell's got a little twitch to him and can get to the perimeter. Obviously, you throw in DK, it's kind of a mix of both. Um, but, you know, we said this in the offseason, guys, and we talked about it at length. This is going to be a running back room by committee. Um, you know, whoever it was, you know, to expect the Kirion Joiner to go out there and pound away 25 carries a game would have been uh, kind of a ludicrous thing. Does he have the ability to do it? Yes. Would, would you want to rely on a former quarterback to be your, you know, your cowbell 
Um, you know, running back, I, I, I wouldn't. That's not a winning proposition. Um, but he is capable of, of handling the majority of the carries. But getting all three in a uh, rotating fashion um, is good. It provides depth to the room, um, keeps people fresh. But each individual brings a unique ability to the table. And, uh, you know, we got to utilize each one in their strong suits to make sure that we, uh, you know, that we get the most bang for our buck. Perry, I'm when you flip it over to the the defensive side of the football uh, for South Carolina. One of the things I've said this week a couple of times is I'm a I'm a big believer in this game specifically that if you happen to win the toss, uh, defer until the second half and uh, put Georgia's offense on the field without the fans screaming and yelling down at you and everything. This is Carson Beck's first start in the SEC, and you just 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 send him. You know, just send him. Put as much pressure on him as you can and see how re- he reacts in that opening series uh, as opposed to giving your offense the football with now that Coach Smart has kind of talked it up for the last 72 hours, 90-plus thousand Georgia fans who are angry and drunk and uh, where Georgia's going to be the aggressor early on and maybe try to set the tone. So uh, I'm not really asking your thoughts on what to do with the football, but I am on the defensive side asking you maybe what the approach might be this weekend. It it doesn't feel like they can win the game putting a hat on a hat. It feels like they're going to probably need to be a little bit more aggressive and try to force Georgia into turning the ball over and doing some things that they're uncomfortable doing. Yeah, I think the message needs to be physicality and foot on the gas. Like whenever you have an opportunity to where maybe typically you might be like, oh, you know, let's play a field position game or maybe let's settle for three on fourth and one from the 13. Um, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to, you know, have a few stretches and a few reaches to to make sure that Georgia realizes like, hey, we're not here to mess around. You know, I don't know if we're going to go out there and, and give up 13 points now a few years back when we played them there they were number what number three in the country something like that and defense just shut them down completely Javon Kinlaw had a huge day just completely abused their front Jake Fromm just couldn't get settled in and yep just kept finding ways to throw it to the guys in white um so we uh hopefully we can find a way to do the same thing um, now, I don't think we have any Javon Kinlaws. I think Taka Hemingway is a great football player, but that kid, uh, Kinlaw, was a different different dude. So we're going to have to get creative, force some turnovers like we do, um, and then foot on the gas. We, we can't let up. We can't set back. I mean, it's got to be from start to finish. You know, even if we find a way to get up, say, 10, you know, later on in the third quarter, like, this is not a, okay. Let's let's bleed the clock. Like no, let's go for seventeen because you know you're gonna need it. I, I, I've seen it time and time again. I mean, go back to last year. I think it was last year or maybe two years ago when Missouri had them beat like on the ropes. They were done. Georgia was dead in the water. They got complacent. They turned it on late and ended up winning by like three or seven or something like that. But they had an opportunity to put their foot on their neck and just finish it. And they let the foot off the gas. And when you do that against the big boys, they just they just find a way to sneak it out and get the W. So we, we've got to foot on the neck and just drive them, um, especially if we get the opportunity to do it. If Juice – and I, I'm, I'm anticipating Juice being able to to, to go. 
mm-hmm. not only to go, but probably to play a significant portion of the ball game. Uh, Perry, he did play 30 snaps last week against Furman, which I think was the second most of any receiver on the team behind Leggett, who has just – his story is – I mean – Hey, look! If Disney wants to do a uh, if Disney wants to do a uh, a movie on the boy that played at Clemson a few years ago, Ray Ray, this kid this kid's got a pretty good story too. So hopefully Disney comes calling here before long because uh, Xavier Leggett has more than earned it. But um, if if Juice was able to go, Perry, describe what that does for a defense. I mean, last year Juice went out there and ran around all over the field against Arkansas, and then. You know, we naturally decided when we played the number one team in the country the next week, we wouldn't even target the best player on the team. So you know that he's itching to go show the dogs that he can do something, uh, even if he's not 100%. What does that do for a defense? They have to mark Leggett, who's the best receiver in the SEC right now, and then you got to mark Juice, who's the best receiver in the SEC last year. You could have two of the top three or four receivers in the league on one side of the ball this weekend for the Gamecocks. So – how does it? What does a defense do to adjust to that? Yeah, it, it certainly puts them in a in a strain. But when you have two guys like that, you almost get in a in a world of you know we just got to trust our guys to win half the half of the battles because you know that Juice and Xavier are going to get theirs. They're going to make plays. You just don't want them to be the big explosive eighty yard plays, right? They're going to win the jump balls, get them to the ground. Um, make sure that, you know, the, the, the 30-yard gains don't turn into 60. Um, that, that, it just puts a really – it puts a big strain on a defense <clears throat> because if you have one guy, you can bracket coverage, right? You take the corner, play him outside leverage, put the safety over top, play inside leverage, and they both kind of just follow him along and trail, right? Safety will drive on inside routes. Corner's playing outside on outside routes. If they go over the top, right, safety's there in the corners underneath to place. So you can really take one guy out of a game if you really want to. You got two guys, you can't, right? You can't take both safeties and bracket guys because then you're going to have the, the the Trey Knoxes of the world just rip in the middle of your field to pieces. So um, it, it, it's certainly a bear. The other thing that you can do to really take those away is get pressure on the quarterback. Make him get rid of the ball sooner than, than, than he wants to. And – Hopefully you're in a position early on in the play that allows you to be, uh, you know, be in position to to make make plays on on you know, ill-advised throws, under throws, oh heck, overthrows, things to keep the quarterback off his platform, so he's not able to just drop back, hit that three-step drop, and just start ripping balls all over the field to these dudes that can just they can just play. I mean, there's no no other way to say it. I mean, Georgia's got their handful too, you know. I, I think that I'm what I'm most intrigued to see is obviously Georgia has talent. There's no no question about that. They haven't played a team of our capabilities and our caliber yet. They got a new quarterback. This is a huge game, whether they believe it or not. I know the kids do. The kids know because the kids all were recruited by the same two schools. The kids played against each other in high school. I mean, golly, I remember when I played Georgia, there was four or five kids on the Georgia team I played against in high school. And so you uh, you're very familiar with one another. You grow up in the South. You know the uh, the history of playing between the hedges. Um, go out there and play football. I know that Coach Beamer's got these guys very prepared and ready to go. I feel super. I feel way more comfortable about this game this year than last year. You know, I I uh, 
I think that Coach Dowell Loggins has got Spencer playing at just an incredibly high level. Um, I think that um, both Juice and Xavier are playing better now than they were this time last year, even with it being on the road. Um, you know, I, I expect us to force a few turnovers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're going to go in and win. I, I do believe that we will put a really good product out there and we're not just going to roll out and get beat by 40 and, you know, pack it in and get ready for the next week. Yeah, I think that we're going to, I think we're going to bow up. I think that we're going to force this, you know, this young quarterback to beat us. And man, if we can just find a way, find a way to slow their run game down, to make them make that young kid beat us. I really, really like our chances. Now, if you, you know, if he goes out there and beats you, then he beats you and it is what it is, you know, but Mm -hmm. let's not, let's not just let them just push us up and down the field um, because then you're definitely, you're definitely going to lose. Right. Like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, you lose the rushing battle. um, You know, the odds are not in your favor to win the game. Yeah, I you know I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that they're more they're more prepared, better prepared uh, to play in this atmosphere this time around under Coach Beamer. Um, you know, even with the with, with the loss in the opener and the loss in the bowl game, the last time they were in a true road game was at Clemson. They went up there and won. Uh, this Georgia team is better than that Clemson team, and I understand that, but uh, they are at least prepared to go on the road and and hopefully play well. Final final thoughts, uh, Perry. Keys to the game. In your mind, uh, I know you've already mentioned some of them here, but to kind of summarize it and put it in ABC form for our audience, things that we want to probably keep our eye on, at least early in the ball game Saturday, that would help maybe dictate which way it might go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, they really don't change much from week to week, and it sounds cliche, <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth with, with this team. You're four. It's your same four every week, it's right? Same, it's the same four, but if, if we don't stop the run, we're going to be in for an absolute ass whipping. Um, but if we find a way to limit their run, um, I think that we're going to get ours on offense because of the talent that we have. You know, we have to find a way to run the ball too. I'm not expecting us to go out there and run for 200 yards. We might, I don't know, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting that. Um, we've got to force turnovers. And if we find a way to get up early, pour it on, pour it on, foot on the gas, step on their neck. And if you lose the game trying to win, then gosh darn it, so be it. You're playing freaking Georgia in Athens. You got to, right? Go back and you watch the game from Saturday of Texas and Alabama. Sarkeesian was pouring it on. When, <clears throat> when they got up 10, he was, he was going for 17. When they got up three, he was going for 10. I mean, he, he was trying to win the football game. He never – sat back and said, I'm going to let my defense win. We're up. Let's see what we can do because we saw how quick, if you watch the game, how quick Alabama just snapped right back. Boom, here comes a big play and Bama's up four, right? Mm-hmm. Texas scored again. And then when they were up, they got the ball back and they just kept pressing them and pressing and pressing and eventually just broke the will of Alabama. They were just like, these guys will not let up. And it put and forced Alabama's hand in the – we have to do something. We have to have a young quarterback beat, you know, a really good defense. And it put it put Alabama in a, in a really challenging situation. And we can follow that same format. I like our chances. Carolina and Georgia, 3.30. I, I want to squeeze this in. One-minute one answer. I will let you go. Uh, 
well, I've seen this before, not picking on the gentleman here in the in the chat box at all, but he says, just don't start off the opening drive with bubble screens and sideways passes. That's not necessarily true. Uh, Perry, explain that a little bit, what they call an extension of the run game and how it can affect your offense. I know you got to run, but maybe 30 seconds on it. Yeah, I mean, if you, it's a numbers game. If you, you're loaded a seven-man box, you got to get the ball in the perimeter, end of story, right? You're not going to just you, – if you continue to run through a brick wall and you can't push through it, it makes absolutely no sense to continue. Um, so it, it really is a numbers game right now. We have to block well on the perimeter for those plays to be successful. I love those, you know, we call them shoot routes. We call them bubble routes where they're just bam to the flat. You got the guys blocking on the perimeter and it's a numbers game. It's in a, it's a, it's an extent, like you said, and it's an extension of what you do in the run game. Um, it's a way to get the ball out on the perimeter quickly. Um, if it's there, you got to take it. And then ultimately you got to block on the perimeter. If you can't block, then those plays are worthless. So, um, mm. I, I do agree. I'd like to see vertical passes, which we've seen a lot of, which it just it, – I have loved watching this offense. I've loved watching the passing game and how he mixes some of his route concepts. Like, there was a great play design that he threw to Luke Doty. Started at number three, outside release, climbed, and then went un, or went above the dig route for a post. Safety came down on the dig, and he just threw a perfect – it was just a perfect play. Um, something that I am certainly going to incorporate into our offense at Cardinal Newman. So thank you, Coach Loggins, for the uh, free ball play. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that this weekend. Well, this, that, and the other. This, that, and the other. Yeah, Barry, we'll let you run. Throw it to the guys in the white, Spencer. You want to throw it to the guys got the same color on as you do, Spencer. Come on, boy. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, uh, well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it as always, my friend. Look forward to seeing you here pretty soon. And uh, hopefully it's a great weekend for all Gamecocks. Good stuff. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it. See you guys. Go Gamecock. Hey, there you go. My man. Our man. Everybody's man. Our quarterback. Uh, Perry Orth. Probably doesn't have the wheels that Lenora Sellers has, but he did know how to run. And um, and he looks pretty darn sharp in those shades as well. It's Thirsty Thursday, guys. 11-28 here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show, it's built by the Barndoco and powered by our friend Michelle Wilkins and her team at Electric Bikes of Charleston. They are powering the entire state of South Carolina and keeping it active from all the junk we eat and the beer we drink during football mm. season or, in my case, the bourbon. Uh, so make sure you find them at electricbitescharleston.com, also owners of Charleston Fitness Equipment. And uh, thanks to the Hydro Rower, I feel better every week than just one big fat blob. So, Michelle, you are the best of the best of the best. When we return, we will have Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. Mike Morgan joins us in Power Hour at noon as well. It's a jam-packed boat around here. We've got the Fab Five Challenge coming up. I have no idea how I did last week, so I need to find out. What, do you know, you did, Phil? You did better than I did. I've, I, I, <laughs> I, I totally ate it on the Fab Five <laughs> You sound like the guy that played guitar in my uh, – at my rehearsal dinner when I had to make a speech and I told him, I said, yeah, I just, I just want to grow up to be like you, Greg. And he goes, no, you don't want my life. I thought yeah. well, this, this part really died. Thanks. man. I'm getting married in 24 hours. So appreciate that. Uh, but um, anyways, all right, we'll hit a time. Chris up next here on inside the game. Cox show, part of the Chief sports network down here in the South. We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate. 
we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Mad dog, right? Just letting it rip, dude. This is a good day in the uh, in the world of food. It's National Eat a Hoagie Day, which I'm a big fan of a good hoagie, and it's also National Cream Filled Donut Day. Oh, 
Do y'all like cream filled donuts? Any takers? Bueller? <laughs> what about you, Chris with the drop your nuts? Yeah, you should have wore that yesterday. Yesterday was National Peanut Day. That's I right. did not know that. I, I felt yeah. like we could use this energy going into this weekend. So I, I just figured why not? So JC, JB, Phil, it's great to see. And I do love a good hoagie also, man. I, I, I could probably live off of pub subs for those of you out there who, ha- who have had those before. Fair. I could, li- I could live off of them. I mean, they're so good. So. You know what I've been craving for a while, guys, Chris? You probably have had it before, the la- certainly since the last time I've had it. I've been craving, and they don't deliver as late as they used to, but it used to be around 3 or 4 in the morning, me and, well, I'm not going to say who, but somebody, somebody, we would we'd be ordering Beezer's subs. I like Beezer's. Mm, When's yeah. the last time you had a good Beezer's sub? I'm I lot of because I ordered Jimmy John's frequently. It's the same thing. They got sued for copying Jimmy John's when I was in college because I worked at Sammy's Deli next door. And my friend Joel worked at Beezer's, and so I have a front row for all that. Now they're good people that own it, but I have no idea. They came from Indiana where there was Jimmy John's, and I have no idea why they thought they could just copy everything. They had to change up a bunch of stuff. Uh, the floor plan was. Uh, you know, they even had the red and black checker, just like it's just like Jimmy John's. They even named the Italian sub the freaking Godfather. <laughs> you, you ordered my number, and it was the same thing. The only difference was they had macaroni salad and potato salad, and Jimmy John's has no macaroni salad. No, and salad. the diff used to be that they deliver at three or four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy John's is not the only thing, but man, I love Beezer subs more than I don't give a crap what they copied. I loved it more than anything else. The guy that owned it. Brandon was a big Notre Dame fan. We used to talk ball because Holtz was there at the time. And I worked at Sammy's Deli right next door when Sammy's was up on Sumter Street. And uh, Beezer's is still there. But, man, they, they only used Hellman's mayonnaise and Grey Poupon mustard, too. So there was another difference. I actually had a Beezer's sub. Funny enough, I had one last year when I went into town for the uh, South Carolina-Tennessee game. And I went out there to check out, I think, SEC Nation. It was Paul Feinbaum, I think, was live on Friday. And I – you know, mm-hmm. parked or whatever, I was walking down, and I was like, I'm really hungry, and looked across the street, and there was Beezer, so I was like, you know what, let me let me crush a sandwich real quick, and I actually got the Godfather, very, very good, yeah, it was, that was a great start of the weekend, and sure enough, it, it followed suit the rest of the way, so. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a daggum sub for lunch now. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Dude, I'm a, I love, I mean, I, I, I'll say this, I'll say this, and here's a, here's some free pub for my my best friend in the world. I need better friends if this is the best one I've got. But Mike Cisco, who owns uh, Honey Baked Ham, they they if you've never gone to Honey Baked for lunch, their sandwiches are outstanding. They're better than all of them. We can sit here and run off all these sub names all you want. They ain't better than those, especially on a croissant roll. What? And another free plug. For honey bake, especially like say you're in the Somerville area headed to the games, stop by Mike's store. They do tailgate packages now. Oh, tailgate packages, money baked ham. It's a game changer. Nice. So there you go. All right, what are we what are we talking about? Football, Georgia oh, yeah. this weekend, Chris. This is the last time they're going to play annually. Can you? That that doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It, it's a strange feeling, obviously, with the scheduling and the expansion of the SEC, and we already know what the schedule looks like in 2024. So I guess next year will be the first time those two, te- two teams don't square off. Uh, first time since 1991 that that will happen. So, yeah, I mean, it feels weird. Like, we all grew up on South Carolina, Georgia. I mean, my earliest memories of 
being a Gamecock fan and honestly, guys, suffering heartbreak as a Gamecock fan were, uh, I'll never forget the 2004 South Carolina-Georgia game. Gamecocks wore the all-black. Dondrell Pinkins to Troy Williamson early to get it going. The safety that got it going, South Carolina's up 16 to nothing, and the Gamecocks lose that game 20 to 16. That was the first time I ever cried watching a South Carolina football game, and uh, it would be one of two times. The second time came in 2006 when Jarvis Moss blocked the field goal at Florida, uh, and my grandfather, I think after that, finally snapped some sense into me and said, hey, you can't be crying over these football games. But I, I felt heartbreak. I, I was there. Either. Yeah, I was, I was there in 06, watched the uh, – what was it, 18 to nothing shutout at Willie B. And then thankfully, finally saw a win in 2007. I was at the game at Sanford Stadium when the Gamecocks won 16 to 12 and beat Matthew Stafford and Nosha Moreno and Jasper Brinkley got the pick to seal it. So, I mean, it, it's been a really fun series. Unfortunately, I think lately it's lost some of that competitiveness because of Georgia's ascent in South Carolina going through some dark times with their previous head coach, who's currently the co-defensive coordinator on Georgia staff, ironically enough. And it's funny, guys, I was looking at Georgia staff on a side note, and I was like, man, there are a lot of familiar names on this list. Like, I forgot Brian McClendon was there. I was like, this is this is the South Carolina staff from like four years ago. So kind of funny how that works out. But uh, no, it, it's a shame it's going to fall off the schedule. Again, I, I know the competitiveness have somewhat been lost, but it's just one of those games you know, we always look forward to, and it was sort of a border rivalry, the border war, if you will. And just so hopefully it's it's sooner rather than later when these two teams play. But uh, I think it puts a lot of extra emphasis on this football game for South Carolina to to have a good showing before this 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 series is shelled for a couple of years at least. Yeah, Georgia's 15 and 8 in this series since uh, 2000, which when you go back actually over the real history of it, that's not a, not a bad record. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, since 2007, I think it's, uh, what is it? 11 and six, seven or something like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty close. Uh, 11 and six, some, somewhere in there. Um, Rick got go off ahead. to a four and one start against the yeah. Gamecocks. And then the HBC sort of turned the tide in that one. Gamecocks beat him three times in a row for the first time ever in four out of five. Um, Starting in that 2015 game, though, uh, I remember Perry played in it because they put him in, and uh, he scored. And then, gosh, I guess they put Nunez in or something. Carolina couldn't stop them. Grayson Howard threw for whatever he threw for that day. Was it Grayson Howard? Grayson, Grayson Lambert. Grayson Lambert. I was say, that was the Grayson Lambert game when he started like yeah. 22 of 23. And, and that, that started like that. a string of just hideous, uh, like atypical. You know, the only game that's been sort of like it was during the, the Holtz era and early Spurrier era where they were just like slobber knockers uh, was it was 19. The Gamecocks won. I mean, other than that, it's just been uh, – it's been a tough sledding since Kirby got to town. Um and, and look, 16 was competitive. 17, uh, Carolina played about as good as they could. 14 to uh, 7 at halftime in yeah, that game, JC. Bentley, it was a close game. Yeah. Bentley got sacked on a play where Brian Edwards was, I could have tossed him the ball underhanded and he just scored. It was a really good play call, but guy just missed a block and Jake fumbled um, a 24 to 10 game. Probably one of the closest games Georgia played that year. But, uh, you know, lately, the last three years, Carolina hadn't stopped him. Carolina hadn't done much on offense. Uh, it's been total, as, as Dabo said, domination. It's a domination. So, well, it's, yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's always uh, been defense except for what, two wins, JC? Three wins? Uh, yeah. Defense generally. I mean, shoot, some of the years under 
Coach Holtz the first year under Coach Spurrier. Georgia won that game 17-15. Y'all remember that? Yeah, you know, se- it was 17-15, nothing like Chris yeah. mentioned. Yeah, it was, um, the, it was the Gamecocks' former running back coach, Thomas Brown, that, that had one of the big touchdowns in 05. Game. Yeah. It, it's really – I guess you know you're kind of getting older when you start seeing some of the guys you watch become coaches. Like, that's – I'm kind of getting there now. It's like – it almost feels yeah. kind of weird. But, or, or the fact yeah. Jasper Brinkley's son is a senior in high school. Yes, recruit. yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah. But it's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> but no, I. Uh, but I mean, look, and then it, it went through kind of a shootout period too. Now that forty-five forty-two game, JB, to your point, was a uh, was a shootout nu- numerically. But you think about Carolina's defense in that game, though. There were two defensive touchdowns they scored. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. the fake punt to Melvin Ingram. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think poor Jimmy Legree that day, he had, it was like his second start and yeah, they had yeah, to face right. Lincoln Riley in East Carolina the first game. And he looked like he was on roller skates that day. Bobo called an excellent game for Georgia that day, but man, 21 just kind of took over in the second half and, uh, Carolina was able to win. Um, but then defense let Carolina down along with some turnovers in, in 13 down there that ended up not being a very good Georgia team. I think Aaron Murray got hurt mm-hmm. that year. Um, Missouri ended up winning the SEC East. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I not here, here's the thing this year, if Carolina's going to stay in it, I think you want to shoot up. I think that's, the, I think that's your best shot. I don't, I don't think you're going to do anybody, any bit of good playing tiddly winks and ball control and, and going into halftime 10, three them. Cause their chances are second half. And if they're shutting you down pretty good. Uh, they're just going to feed off that defensive momentum and eventually blow you away. Yeah, I mean, JC, I, I kind of go the other way. I, I just, I would turn it back on you. I, I just, I don't know how South Carolina is going to score twenty-eight points on Georgia. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried about the offensive line, which yeah. I feel like is the most obvious statement ever. But yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe we see vast improvement from week one to week three. And I mean. The good news for Carolina is, and the big reason why that Furman performance was so big, is you have a confident Spencer Rattler coming in. I mean, that's a great place to start. And, you know, that has the effect of, you know, if he's clicking, if he's on, then you've got a chance, right? You've got a chance to do the unthinkable and and have a big offensive day and, and take down the dogs at their place. So, um, you know, I, I'd love to be wrong and see South Carolina explode for 30-plus points or even 28 points or what have you. I just – it all starts up front, and I, and I tell you this, Dabble Loggins can really earn his paycheck and a lot of respect this week if the Gamecocks are able to go out there and have a great offensive showing. Because even in a loss, and, and listen, I'm, I'm, you know, people love to to pick and say, oh, no moral victories, what have you. But you know what? If South Carolina is able to go out there and score four touchdowns and play a co- close competitive ball game with Georgia, I don't care if it's in a winning or losing effort. Like that's a good sign. That's a good sign after what we saw in Week One. So. Um, you know, JC, I, I'll be curious to see what the offensive game plan is if they're taking shots downfield. I mean, you got to find some semblance of balance to where Georgia's not just teeing off left and right. You're not getting in second and third and longs and getting behind the sticks and and making Spencer Rattler play hero ball. That's my greatest fear is that you know he's at some point going to have to just put this game on himself and put this game on his right shoulder. And you know, Rattler's a gunslinger, and, and uh, Georgia's defense will make a gunslinger pay. So. Uh, how do they find that semblance of balance and kind of get this Georgia defense on their heels? But, um, you know, I, I think their best recipe for success, you know, get Carson back in some uncomfortable situations, make him make plays, make him beat you with his arm because he is extremely unproven, obviously, first SEC game for him. And 
if you can force some turnovers and Beamer Ball shows up and does its thing, all of a sudden I think you look up and you might have a close game in the fourth quarter. But I hope you're right, JC. I, I hope this is the week the offensive explosion comes. I, I just – I have a hard time seeing, like, in my mind, I just question, I'm like, did Georgia stop playing defense all of a sudden? Because that that would just be so – that would go against everything we know about Georgia's defense being one of the most elite in the country to yeah. surrender that type of day. Look, they got talent. Uh, Javon Bullard, their starting safety's out um, most likely. But they got talent, um, a lot of new players. They're very young up front, especially on the edges. Uh, they're very talented. I mean, it's probably they're probably going to trot out eight future NFL guys. Um, just another year. Just another year, you know, I mean, down there. But uh, they've done it before. And I'll, I'll say this, I, I – uh, I look at Georgia, like who's given them problems. Okay. So you either have to have like ugly ball offense and a great defense, like great defensive personnel. And I don't know that Missouri's defense was great last year, but they had some dudes on that defense for Missouri that were pretty good. Uh, and they gave Georgia all kinds of fits. Kentucky 16 to six, same way. I don't know how excited Georgia was to play in either game. Um, or in big games, uh, it's been Florida in 2020. It's been Alabama in 2021 in the championship game. Uh, it's been Ohio State last year where they have the personnel to throw over the top of the variety of coverages, formations, uh, you know, because th- that defense is designed to kind of trick you into mistakes because, you, you know, there's so many different things they do. You just throw over the top of them. You know, sometimes that works and loosens them up. Alabama did it. Ohio State did it. That's my only thought there. I just don't know that Carolina's good enough defensively to hang in like Missouri, Kentucky did last year. And I certainly don't think Georgia's going to show up disinterested. That said, like I said, it's a new team. I mean, these are new players. So uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen uh, on Saturday? But uh, Is this the game, JC, to your point, speaking of offensive fireworks, we know what Xavier Leggett has done. Is this the game we see the tight ends get more involved with Trey Knox, Joshua Simon, those guys? Making big plays. I and mean, I'm not saying they've, you know, been bad or anything the first two games, but they've just kind of quietly gone about their business. I, I wonder if it's a breakout game for one of those guys because, I mean, I, I think it's all about just finding, you know, other weapons. I mean, I, I will say to your point, I'd feel a lot more confident about the offensive explosion if I knew for a fact 110% Juice Wells was playing in this football game. That would help my confidence level out tremendously but unfortunately I I don't know that yet and Dowell Loggins comments from yesterday don't really reaffirm to me that Juice Wells is revving the engine up and he's rearing to go on Saturday and I'm, I'm kind of tired of getting my hopes up and seeing that number three is going to be out there making big plays so you know is it going to be Amarian Brown is it going to be Nick Harbour is it going to be Eddie Lewis is it going to be Luke Doty I, I, I don't know but I, I just wonder who those other playmakers are going to be that have a big day because it's going to take more than Xavier Leggett. Georgia can take away your best player. You know that. I know that. Absolutely. I wonder who those other guys are that step up. So maybe it's the tight ends. I'd, I'd love to see a Knox or a Simon break out and have a 100-yard day. If it's not Wells, you know, Eddie Lewis uh, needs to hold on to the ball, can't make mistakes. He's going to get hit by that bunch much harder than he ever got hit at Memphis. <laughs> uh, you know, but – Knox, Simon, uh, I don't know how healthy Brown is. Uh, Luke Doty will get out there and compete. He doesn't – Luke doesn't know he's not supposed to get out there and compete, I don't <laughs> think. I think he just goes out there and balls. Uh, and then you got Rattler delivering the ball. I, th- I think that and the big key to your point with Loggins, too, is, okay, let's say Juice doesn't. Let's worst-case scenario. Uh, and, uh, you know, they take Xavier out. You, you've got to make them pay for that. You've got to dial it up and go where they're not. Like I said, they do a tremendous job 
disguising coverages and stuff like that. I think in this instance, I think Dowell Loggins' uh, experience in the NFL will help him because that, as we've always talked about, that it's a very complex NFL-style defense that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban will must champ all prefer to run. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when Dowell said that it was like scheming against the NFL defense. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something of that nature yesterday. So it's, you know, I mean, you're practically playing the Philadelphia Eagles, right? When you see all the guys they they've sent there. So I mean, and and I look, you know, (laughs) when you have that many future NFL players, Mm. you can honestly run an NFL style defense because you can wait on guys to develop because you got so much depth and stuff like that. I don't think it's ever realistic in South Carolina because you're always like plugging in freshmen. And I mean, you look at, you see the disasters of the secondary that you had and the, and the, the breakdowns and stuff. Cause that's the thing that that defense will bust mm-hmm. on you if you're not mentally sound, which is why I think it's an advantage that Bullard's out. Uh, for the Gamecocks, uh, you, you watch Alabama, anybody, it does have, mm-hmm. it's a bust potential in it. Uh, but you know, when when you got experienced guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's a thing of beauty to watch. But and that was the problem with Carolina because they never even they never got a safety, you know. And then every year it seems like some freshman starting a corner and there's injuries. So uh, that's my little take on that. But uh, you well, know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll add this, Chris. You can't beat Georgia if you're one dimensional. And Carolina's very much been one dimensional through eight quarters. I think to your point about the tight ends. I would anticipate seeing them out there a lot, mm-hmm. probably in a lot of 12 personnel. And you're going to have to hope that Coach Loggins up there has just got them all confused as to who's getting the ball, when they're getting the ball, and and um, because those guys are going to need to help. And I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that we're going to see some freshmen playing this weekend on the offensive line. So – you got to figure all that out without giving away state secrets uh, via personnel and and uh, and tendencies and all this that and the other. They got a job. They do. It's it's going to be a tough one. But um, I think to your question, I think you could probably count on the fact that those tight ends are going to play a lot. Yeah, JB. It's it's admittedly been wildly entertaining watching people on social media insinuate the Gamecock should throw the ball ninety percent of the time and even transition to an air raid offense. And I'm like. That sounds great in theory. Number one, Dabble Loggins doesn't run an air raid offense. Number two, good luck. I mean, if you want to try it, you can, but that's just not a way to win. It's not. Uh, So, yeah, and to the point that, you know, JC made last week about the defensive line, I mean, one of the keys this week is the offensive line just has to play better. There's just no other way to put it. Like, those guys they have, whether it's the freshmen they insert, whether it's, you know, some of the guys they've rolled out there since the jump, they just got to play better. They've just got to have a better performance. They've got to execute better. And I think that's all we really want to see is just, you know, if, if Georgia's more talented than South Carolina at the end of the day and the, the, the dogs go out there and win, there's no shame in that. Georgia's probably going to go undefeated, right? But it's the the mental errors, the lack of execution on the fundamentals that really drives people up a wall, I think. And so, you know, I, I think we need to see that, guys. I mean, again, the, the spread's 27 and a half for a reason. Georgia is what they are. They're back-to-back national champions. But – you know, I go back to this. I mean, Mizzou's able to play him close. They almost beat him last year. Kentucky's able to play him close every year in a really physical game. Like, why can't South Carolina play them close? You know what I mean? So, uh, it's one thing to lose. It's another to lose like he did last year, right, where it was a complete embarrassment. So, I, I just – I think it's important for the Gamecocks. I'm not trying to sell people on, you know, let's let's raise the banner if we lose by X amount of points to Georgia. But, 
you know, I, I don't really buy into the whole moral victory thing. Like, I just want to see progression. And, and to me, playing Georgia, making Georgia sweat into the fourth quarter, making this an uncomfortable game, that would be progression. We'd obviously all love to see a victory, but progression overall else. So um, executing the fundamentals and just simply put, playing more as a cohesive unit up front and giving Spencer Rattler a chance. Because if you do that, guys, I mean, good things are going to happen. The way he is playing and if he gets comfortable and gets in a rhythm, I mean, if you're on the Georgia side, that's got to be a key for them, right? I mean, they haven't been great in the pass rush starting out this season. So, you know, if he has time, he's able to operate, you feel great about what Xavier Leggett's done. You feel like you've got other weapons, you've got other athletes at least that, you know, give you an opportunity. JC mentioned the, the absence of Javon Bullard and, you know, you're taking on a Georgia team that maybe they're not clicking on all cylinders right now. They've started out slow. Carson Beck, the Mike Bobo offense, you know, Lad McConkey. it sounds like he may not go for Georgia, and they got a deep stable of weapons at the wide receiver position. They still have Brock Bowers, but the running game hasn't quite been what, you know, up to Georgia standard. So, again, maybe it's a game you look up, and South Carolina's in a in a 24-21 to 21 dogfight late in the third quarter, early fourth. You know, why, why can't the Gamecocks do that? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just – I'd like to believe that's possible. We just got to see the execution on Saturday. Can't let Brock Bowers get matched up with your linebackers in this one. No. Um, but I, I still have I still have nightmares about what Brock Bowers did last year. I mean, <laughs> he's a freak. He's a freak. I mean, I mean there's no question that guy's. A freak. Well, he's go- he's gonna be. You know, I think I think the only potential real answer is is if uh, is he is he McQuamu? As if is uh, if Nick Emanwari can go. I think you'll see an adjustment made on defense. Uh, I'm anticipating him playing. By the way, I think you may be on to something there, JB. Tweet, tweet, <laughs> tweet, tweet. Just saying. Sometimes we know, we know more than we let on. I don't know, man. It's hey, just, man. It's a state secret. Right? All right. We don't know. Go, we know. Go, make us feel good here. Give us your upset score. I'm going Carolina 75, Georgia 3. <laughs> Well, I was gonna just, say, just say Cox by ninety, JB. It'd be easier to <laughs> I don't go that, that way. I, I think if you know, I, I one Cox by I, one. I lo- yeah, Cox by one. I uh, I love you, JC, but I disagree in the sense that if it's going to be an upset, I, I don't think it's going to be like a thirty-eight to thirty-five or thirty-five to twenty-eight shootout type of score. I'm not saying it's going to be a seven to three game, but. If it were to be an upset, I think it'd be something like 24 to 21 Carolina. I think the offensive line just plays much, much better. Maybe South Carolina hits that, uh, you know, that illustrious 100 yard mark, JB, that you have pointed out. And if they do that, it gives them a great shot to win. And, you know, this, this could be, I think if South Carolina pulls the upset, we're leaving Saturday's game and we are realistically saying, okay, Spencer Rattler needs to be in the Heisman conversation like he no. had that type of game because well, you're he not, is yeah you don't win football team without that yeah you can't win no. the game, yeah. game unless he is has that type yeah. of performance it's yeah. impossible and, and then south carolina's defense able to disrupt carson beck force some turnovers the opportunistic gamecocks we've seen over the years and then of course i think a big play in special teams would uh would help tremendously obviously a big kickoff return punt return block punt kick whatever uh more of like what they did in the first game the onside kick so uh, it, it's it's a long shot, but it's not impossible. I mean, we we've seen South Carolina do the unthinkable. And they they tend to respond well to adversity when they don't play well. And of course, Furman just happened, but that UNC game still stings a bit. And so we'll see if the Gamecocks, you know, what they can do with their backs against the wall. It's a position they love to be in. Thirteen and one when they run for a hundred yards or more under Shane Beamer. Thirteen and one, just get to a hundred, they're gonna win. 
get to 100 and don't, don't win this week. <laughs> that's, that's it's that simple. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty easy. Chris, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, pull them through. No crying. No crying this weekend. No crying. I promise. JC, JB, Phil, always a pleasure, guys. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. There you go. Chris with the Spurs hey. Up Show. We are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. Playing golf in the Carolinas isn't any cooler than this. 45 courses to play between the mountains and the seas. Travelingcountryclub.com. Sing it to yourself. Travelingcountryclub.com. That's where you want to go to play golf. If you play golf and you don't have to be like some great golfer, because I'm not, but it's great to be a member because I get to play anywhere I go, like the mountains next month. And uh, cannot thank Michael Manis and his team enough. Former golfer at Carolina, the coolest club out there, travelingcountryclub.com. One of the coolest cats we know is named Mike Morgan. The Golden Tones join us next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cole Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Five hour two final hour and power hour is what we call it inside the Gamecocks. This show 
from the Signorama Studios, a preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. I uh, was talking to my man, Kevin Lucas, this morning from uh, Gamecock Traditions. Because, so do y'all do, hey, guys, do y'all do a family um, Christmas party, JC, Phil, do y'all do it? I know, JC, you've been in Chicago, but like, do you, like, where you have your extended family and everybody, like my family does a huge thing every year, we rotate houses and all that. Traditionally, we used to, until, until my grandmother got older, it was on the Sherbert side, my dad's side, uh, not so much anymore because she has 11 grandchildren and we're all spread out and have everybody's kids of their own. But yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the, the, the festivities, if that's what you're talking about. I'm, I'm tasting that broccoli casserole, my aunt makes right now. <laughs> my mom makes yeah. broccoli casserole, man. Hey, do you, uh, do y'all do like if, or did you used to do, how'd you do gifts? Did you do like the Chinese where you bring one, and then you can steal it and all that. Did, did yeah, I did. Then we got into gag gifts one time, and you've met uh, my brother Cam, right? Yeah, I so bet my, he's my, the ultimate so, gag guy. Nah, he's very serious. And so my brother, uh, right. my brother Jason, got it, got it with it. He he intentionally wrapped up a gigantic Twilight tapestry mm-hmm. with uh, Edward on it. You know the va- the the vampire. And, uh, and boy, he turned and the whole family's there. Keep in mind, it's our extended family. It's not just like me and my mom and my brothers where we're just laughing and jerk, you know, jerking around. It's grandma and all these other people. So Cam turns about the shade of my shirt, garnet almost. It's embarrassed and his wife's sitting there and she's laughing her butt off. She, and he goes, and Cam just kind of goes, oh yeah, team Edward. And he, she starts laughing. He, she, she looks up and goes, he's so team Jacob. (laughs) That was the funny. There was a pair of red underwear we used to pass around. There was a box of curved cologne that kept giving to people. Because sometimes, sometimes we do this. We'd have like one person would get the gag gift every year, and everybody else would get a little something. You know, when we were kids. Uh, so my dad got the curve a couple of times and got the red underwear. <laughs> so, so it was a lot of fun. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to derail your story with no, no. tales of Sherbert Christmas of yore. Well, no, I mean, because I, I, I was kind of in a similar spot. You know, we we do the the our family does the uh, the Chinese Christmas where you can only spend up to fifty. We do up to fifty dollars. Of course, with inflation, we should probably do up to like two hundred and fifty dollars because the same thing five years ago was twenty percent of the cost now. But we'll talk politics another day. Um, and um, it, but but it the way that it goes when we do it because you can steal. Right. And and you I think the third once it gets to the third hand, so whoever gets it the first time, you can have two steals after that. So JC, you could steal it from me, and then Phil's number rolls around, he's number seventeen, and he decides he wants it, he steals it from you is locked in. That's it, because it's on the third set of hands. Um, but what we found over the years is that there are very few things outside of something with a South Carolina logo on it or booze that gets that people steal, you know, like if you get it like a cutting board, like I remember my poor aunt one year, like brought this like blanket, you know, you know my, my cousin opened, he's like, all right, cool. I got a blanket. It wasn't like Carolina blanket, it was just blanket. <laughs> it wasn't nobody stealing that blanket, but you know, <laughs> you know, when the, when the, you know, there's a, you know, 
a bottle of trace or a, you know bourbon glasses or you know nice wine or something like that oh steal 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 i mean it's how fast can can i get it out of someone else's hands grilling stuff but all the Carolina. so anyways i got I, what i decided to do this year since my chicken cock guys and my dixie vodka guys will you know they'll hook me up i've decided what i'll do is i'll go get a bottle of dixie vodka i'll get them to shoot me a bottle of dixie vodka a bottle of chicken cock and then have y'all ever looked at like the like the game day tailgate section on gamecocktraditions.com have you have you looked at that it's loaded with I, stuff yeah i haven't looked there yet no uh-uh. like it's loaded with stuff i mean you you've got i mean all i mean just all kinds of stuff that you can get from grilling and stuff to coolers and games and chairs and, and so anyways I'm going to get Kevin to like get me like, you know, some maybe like one of the one of those like fold out Carolina tables or something and like some grilling stuff. Just package all in together as like a tailgate package, which is going to be my gift this year. But it'll stay under $50 because I'll have these guys kind of help donate it to me. You know what I'm saying? Clients. Right. Because <laughs> so, my goal is to to be the guy who gets the gift stolen the most first. So because that's how you know you brought the best gift. So that's what it's all just about. makes you feel good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was texting Kevin this yeah, morning and it hit me. I was stuff like, oh. that I gave that people wanted. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, everybody wanted my gift. I'm the best gift giver ever. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, if you if you want to give gifts, you want to give the gift of the Gamecock, um, the uh, Gamecock Traditions website. By the way, their fold-out pic- uh, football picnic table is sweet. It's a, it's two hundred bucks and it's probably worth every penny. So I might be investing in that myself. But uh, I don't know. We Thanks, we Dad. need a tent. Is what we're looking for. I we'll have to look for that on the tailgating. We need yeah. a tailgate tent. Well, they got they got plenty of tents. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's that's where you know they got the the real one. I'll tell you too. I know we're waiting on Mike here. Um, yeah, we're having some technical issues with Mike, but we're trying to okay. work through it. Well. But until Mike gets here, I'll tell you, this is pretty funny. Um, where we we park, JC, you know, right there by Rod's, by the Flint's. Uh, but we have a whole lot, like backside of a lot for our family. And, um, and most of the time I'm there, I'll walk over to Flint's, hang out for, you know, you know how it goes. But I, but I have, me and my cousin Robbie, we do everything, literally everything. You know, everybody else shows up and enjoys all the stuff that we do and have. And, um, so last year, I I needed a new Gamecock tent, and I couldn't find one. They were I was going to get one from I was actually well I went to get one from Gamecock Traditions, and they had just run out. And they we got some coming. I was like, man, I I, I can't come back next week because I'm in Charleston. So I was going to get this one from Costco that was 12 feet with the extra hangover. That was sold out. All right. So I get up there and I just had two of my older tents that were just the just the black tents, not my Gamecock tent because it had, the thing had ripped. And one of the guys that works the lot where we park walked over and he said, Manny, you need to get you a Gamecock tent. It was the first game of the year. And I told him I've been trying to find one, but it was sold out at Gamecock Traditions and it was uh, and uh, sold out at um, – at Costco, and I hadn't been able to find one for less. Than, I mean, there were some I'm going for like three hundred bucks, dude. I was like, I'm not paying three hundred dollars. I'll pay up to two fifty. I ain't paying three hundred. So 
the next week we get back, might have been the Georgia game. And this SOB has a Gamecock tent. He walks over and hands it to me. He said, I found this last night in the store. I can't remember what store it was. Might have been Walmart in like West Columbia or something, I think is what he said. I said, You're kidding me. He said, No, I thought about you. I wanted you to have it. I said, Oh, thanks, man. He goes, Yeah. He said, Only like 180 bucks. So whenever you get to it, you can just pay me. And I was like, Whoa, well, we'll wait, what? You just went out and bought a tent from me that I didn't ask for. And now you're charging me money? Uh, so I br- I brought cash the next week, and he never showed up, and I have not seen him since. He has not come back. I don't know if he got fired. I don't know what happened, but I got a free 10 out of it. So I appreciate that guy. If he's watching the show, I know I'm calling you out, and I'll still give you the money if you want it, but it's been you know, well over a year now, so I kind of feel like I'm not indebted to this gentleman anymore. But I appreciate the tent, and I appreciate the kindness. All right. <laughs> I've heard that story before, and I did start typing. I'm sorry, Philip Mountbottom. Don't, don't Mount hey, call don't. me out on it. I meant Mountbottom, Mountbottom, uh, whatever, because he's been calling me out the last couple of days. I meant to hit mute. I didn't. I got a very important PM I had to respond to. Um, so uh, Sometimes typing just happens. It's I okay. apologize profusely. It. I'm trying to work on it, all that. But I've heard that tenth story before from JB. It's amazing. Dude. It's amazing. So it's uh, it's something else. So I uh, yeah, I I love I mean, it. It's one of my I favorite favorite one, favorite favorite. Yeah, one of my many, many favorite JB tailgate stores. It isn't Daddy O. I don't owe you a penny, and you ain't getting nothing from me. So you have yourself a fine day, my friend. You have yourself a fine day. <laughs> All right. Um, Twelve fifteen. The Nana Sports chat box clearly is open again. We're waiting on Mike. I know he's having some some issues that he's having to work through, and uh, so hopefully we can get him in here in just a minute. Uh, there is college football tonight. If you just can't wait any longer, have no fear. College football once again is here. Miami. When the Fighting Bethune Cookmans at 7.30 on the ACC Network, you really don't want to look at the spread. 52 in favor of the 2-0 Hurricanes. I, I Guys, if I was a betting man, I ain't one that lays money on 50-plus point spreads. So um, but no. have at it if that's what you choose to do. But this one could be fun. 7.30 on ESPN tonight, Navy and 2-0 Memphis. Uh, from Simmons Bank Liberty Bowl Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. There's Friday night football tomorrow night as well. Uh, you got Virginia and Maryland at 7, Army and UTSA at 7, U- Utah State and Air Force tomorrow night uh, at 8. Guys, I don't, I'm, I, it won't happen at Virginia. Uh, it could happen at Florida, as we well know. Um, Tony Tony Elliott, look, they've been through a lot with everything that happened last year with that shooting and all that. It's 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 yeah. – on a personal side of things, that's, you know, there's just not a lot in life that gets uglier than that. Um, awful. On the football side of things, they're still terrible. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if Tony Elliott just isn't a head, good head coach, if he can't get good players, but they're literally awful. Like they're, they're bad. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I'm not saying that they should be Clemson or Florida State every year, but and I know their academic requirements to get into the school. But I mean, JC, you know the coast up and down. There's a ton of players 
on the east side of Virginia, and they can't get any of them ever. It's crazy. Virginia Tech sort of looking the same way. I know that's a sore subject around here because of what happened with that receiver from the 757. But, you know, Virginia has trouble. Um, I don't know. I mean, that program's just kind of been down. I mean, I thought they were on to a good thing with Bronco Mendenhall because he's kind of a win anyway guy. Um, Tony Elliott, Bobby mentions he is a good dude. He is a good dude. I mean, Tony's a class act individual, but this is a lesson for all you coaches out there. If Tennessee's going to offer you the Tennessee job, take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know there's some questions of whether or not he was offered it. And Clemson for a long time had a habit of saying guys got offered when they didn't. And, you know, I, I know enough about that situation to know he was their, he was their guy. And he, and he just kind of withdrew. So there was no official offer, but dude, you take that Tennessee job, man, because they got more resources and you can recruit there easier than a two of Virginia. You should be able to recruit to Virginia. Virginia is one of the best academic schools in the country. It's the university of Virginia, even though Virginia tech actually is the state university, because uh, from what a, a famous Virginia tech alum that we all know uh, told me one time, uh, it's just a bunch of rich snobs over there and then a bunch of normal people at Virginia Tech. So they're actually the state university, but yeah. uh, they and Virginia's had some success. Both those schools should be better than they are. Uh, Tech fights location a lot, which is what's what, what makes what Frank Beamer did even more impressive. I mean, they're stuck down there in southwestern Virginia, the heart of Appalachia, no man's land. Um, but uh, they've got a huge fan base and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so it's tough. I mean, I think Virginia could be the worst team in power five. I think Virginia, Virginia tech combined could be the worst two teams in the ACC this year. Maybe Boston college. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Hey, you hate to see that because yeah, Virginia tech I, usually I, holds their own in the ACC, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, Boston college yeah. is pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it with the amount of players that are up there. I mean, Anybody who's anybody on the East Coast or – no, that's not really true. On the Eastern – in the Eastern half of, of the country in college football is at least has somebody, you know, who's spying that area from a recruiting standpoint, JC. And, I mean, South Carolina has clearly done a fantastic job going up there and getting players. We know that. But there's others who've left to go other places. And these guys just – I mean, it's not like they don't get guys from there. They do, but they're just not the best players – in the area. So I, I wonder what the future of Tony Elliott will be. He's a really good guy. You know, he's from James Island. Um, he's a, he's a really good guy, you know, although he's kind of a Clemson guy, but, um, you know, they're going to, I get, I look, they'll give you time. I know that. I mean, they, I think they understand the job, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that doesn't mean that it's just, you know, delaying the inevitable either. Cause it's just really not a good job. Tony needs to like, – look, look, I love Des Kitchings, and I was uh, thrilled to see him get a shot uh, at another coordinator job after a year at NC State where he was kind of put in a bad position. Um, I think the dude knows ball. I think he's a future head coach. Don't know how good he is as a coordinator. Um, he's probably good if he's got talent like a lot of guys. But I think at UVA, one of the things that, that Bronco did uh, – Bronco's kind of a defensive guy. He had Robert Anae 
as his OC, who's a damn good offensive coordinator. I mean, he, he's at NC State. I watched NC State play Notre Dame this past weekend, and if it weren't for their scheme, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been that close. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I think I think if you're looking for something for him to do, kind of following the Dabo model. If it doesn't work out with Des, if it doesn't work out with whoever's got coached defense, get them to give you a blank check and upgrade your coordinators. I mean, that's uh that's a way to work around things. You know, when you're when you've got a scheme that's hard to look, that's why Wake Forest is good. You know, they got a scheme that's tough as hell to defend and they're gritty on I mean they, at one point they had Mike Elko coordinating their defense at Wake. Look how good that guy is. Right. So I, I think that's the key to him. I'm not saying he's got a bad staff because I don't I don't believe that. I don't think Des Kitchen's a bad football coach. I'm just saying if you're looking for an equalizer while you're trying to recruit and build a roster, you can't just do it these days with uh, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna eventually get there. You know, you, you and I think I think it's one of one of the geniuses of the hypo hire at Tennessee was, you know, he, he didn't go but seven and six his first year. That's below standard for that program above standard for what they were recently, but man, it was exciting ball, right? They're throwing yep. it all over the yard and, you know, wow, you know, there's life in the stadium ah, better than the, the man ball that Jeremy Pruitt was trying to play there. Um, so anyway, that would be my advice. Tony, Elliott. he doesn't need it though. Tony else, a, a grown man. And uh, I certainly do wish them the best, but things, things do not look good. And, Man, mm-hmm. it was t- that that James Madison loss was brutal because they had them beat, and they they were an underdog, six point underdog to James Madison, and they had them beat. And JMU came back, and they let them off the hook. <laughs> I, 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 JC, I don't. Um, I mean, now we're gonna, we're not going to spend this whole show talking about Virginia football, but I I'll be honest, I see w- one win on their schedule. And 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 they won't. They'll beat somebody somewhere, but that they're they're not beating North Carolina and Chapel Hill. They're not beating Miami and Miami. They're not beating Louisville at Louisville. They're not beating Duke. They're not beating NC State. They're not going to beat Maryland tomorrow night. Their one win that you know they have is against William and Mary. Um, maybe they maybe they clip Georgia Tech in November at home. Maybe they beat Virginia Tech. I I don't know. I don't know. But um, they're not. That's wow. Hard to believe. Watch him pull the All upset. Right. You do what? Watch tomorrow? him pull the upset tomorrow. Well, we'd all like love to see that. At we? Maryland? <laughs> Yo, hey, who are we pulling for in that game tomorrow night? If you're yeah, a Carolina so, yeah. fan, Wahoo. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you want to see him beat? You want to see him beat Maryland? I guess with all the recruiting stuff that's been kind of happen, happening over here. All right. Well, hey, there's Mike. We found him. Hey, Mike. He arrived. We worked through. Well, we thought we. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, balls. It's time. It's time for a break. Anyways, y'all work on this during the break, and let's see if we can get figured out. And then when we come back, maybe we'll have the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Palmetto Medicare presents the Power Hour with Mike here on Inside the Gamecocks. This show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotri, Conventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service 
after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Seven inside the Gamecocks, the show Power Hour presented by Verizon Wireless. Can you hear me now, Mike? (laughs) Can you hear me? Good. Yes. (laughs) That is the question. Can you hear me? I've heard you. You guys have sounded terrific. You've been a font of knowledge. You've been entertaining. Uh, I have clearly had a game. Well, that's good. Mike's better. That's good. And the, the, the generosity of the female population never ceases to amaze me. No, I kid. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're back now. I think I actually have. I have no idea what the hell happened. I know it was on my end, so don't blame Mad Dog or the fine production crew. Too many too many people to mention in one breath uh, that put together this show each and every day. The interns, the grips, the audio technicians. The true heroes of Inside the Gamecocks. They were on point. Clearly, my crappy little uh, Microsoft. I'm glad we're putting billions of dollars in the Bill Gates pocket. uh, Because in addition to being a weirdo and trying to destroy many facets of American civilization, he creates intentionally creates a crappy product that will break right after the warranty is done. So you have to go out and buy another crappy product, and the cycle just continues. And now that I know he's probably listening 
if you uh, see me in the obituary segment tomorrow, you'll know who did it. Thank You're you. You're getting assassinated, Mike. Oh, uh, trust me. I'm already looking. Really? Off the airlines here, Somebody Mike, outside yeah. the window yeah. that looks pretty suspicious, and I don't think he needs an AR-15 to uh, <laughs> hunt a squirrel. So, uh. <laughs> Let ba- sick Baxter on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, look, it's uh, that's why you, you know you should go with Apple, man. Well, uh, trust me, I lived that life too, and that didn't work out much better. <laughs> I, I went through, I went through several iPads. Uh, over the year, I never went iPhone, but I did give iPad a try. It's the same thing. I mean, iPad, they, yeah. They know the sweet spot. They know they, they don't want it to last for 30 years because then you're not going to buy another one. It's the same thing with appliances nowadays. If you try to buy like a washer dryer that lasts more than a few years, hell have no. You, have happening. you seen the meme? Started on, yeah, washers and dryers. Have you all seen the, the, meme, the meme with the old school refrigerator, the beige old school frigidaire? With no no ice, no water, nothing. Yeah, we got one out in the we got one out in the garage, and it's like, I will outlast all of you. I am time right. itself. <laughs> Those things are from the eighties. They're still kicking, man. And then like our our fridge didn't make ice for like, you know, six weeks. And then one day, uh, I dropped something and it shook the floor, and I heard. Poof. So I guess it shook something <laughs> loose, and all of a sudden it's making ice again. And then this thing talks. Unreal. Well, unreal. Yeah, it's it's all a bunch of junk these days, man. I mean, it literally, we had to replace our refrigerator less than a year into our new home, and that refrigerator was built with the new home, which was only three years old. So, yeah, no, it's it, you can't tell grand. me it, people didn't lose the blueprint on how to build things at last. It's they did the calculus, and they know yeah. if it if they build it good but not good enough to last, you'll have to buy another one. Exactly. It's just, it's common, got, common capitalism at its worst. Got anyway, it I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, may, you know, we'll, if you want me to go over, I'll go over. We will give the people what they want, which is a three hour tour of this fine program. But uh, either way, uh, I'm here now and I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm better for it. And hopefully uh, much like I say, when we do the JC five on JC and Morgan, Hopefully the morale of a great nation has only been boosted since we now have contact. (laughs) (laughs) We have the uh, fab five uh, to get to today. Yes. Who has the results from last week? Well, I know Phil does. uh, I can display those for you now, actually. Oh, you've got them on. uh, uh Oh, you you see why JB requested it early. (laughs) If I didn't know he was four and six. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, would have right. waited until like twelve fifty-five to put this up there. <laughs> so I went. Was, yeah, you. You and Mike tied at, at uh, three, three and two, two last week. Three and two. Yeah, I did have a. a, a I mean, anytime you're over five hundred, you're making money, right? That's a good week, right? To uh, try and overcome my. Uh, terrible week one. Uh, JC gets out of the gates five and zero oh and. And there, uh, he still is at the top of the heap. So long. It's a, it's a marathon, boys. It's not a sprint. Right. It's a marathon. So right. yes. Can I can I raise my hand and ask a question? Absolutely. Yeah. You think that I don't? You think that I don't work here? But so with Salsaritas here, yeah. We we got we got uh, a game coming up next week in Columbia against mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Do they do tailgating packages? No, do they ever, JB? Uh, funny you should ask. So 
quick, quick I have little a whole background. Thing for <laughs> yeah, we're kind of jumping the gun on all this, but that's okay. Well, I no because I wait, wait, put that back here, up there. You know, I've been working my ass off for this, JB. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> because wait a second here, I, I I think I might have an idea. I was I was I have already cooked, so I was thinking next week maybe do the honey baked ham thing. But now I might be shifting yeah. gear since it's a night. Well, game. here's the thing: you don't it don't have to be a home game to do tailgating. I mean, if you're like many people out there, you have people over. You're watching the game on TV. Uh, you know, to me, look, I like a good sandwich as much as the next guy, but you're, you're kind of punting if you just do sandwiches. I love wings as much as anybody on the planet, but you can only do it so often. And depending on where you are, sometimes you don't have good wing options. Um, they're, they're not always there. So, yeah, you can get the Fiesta Pack, which will be giving one of those away as part of the Fab Five Challenge every week on the show. That'll serve five to six of you right there at a tailgate or personal get-together. Box is ready to go. You just open it up. You got your meats. You got your tortillas, your toppings, your chips, your guac, your queso, uh, all set. It's very simple. So uh, this, I've, I've been doing uh, salsaritas. You know, we were talking last week about how we, we were fortunate we only speak on behalf of sponsors that we actually believe in and use the product or service. No the man who owns Salsaritas in Colombia, and there's there are two two of them there, is a guy named Suki. Suki used to own Schlotsky's Deli, which was another favorite of mine. But then when yeah. he switched over to Salsaritas, I was like, okay, I was kind of a Moe's guy, I'll I'll admit, and I was like, no, this is better. This is just simply better. So I've been a Salsaritas guy in Colombia for years, and then there's I know every SEC city from my travels that has a Salsaritas, and everyone that doesn't. You know, if there's there's few things I get joyous about when I go to Starkville, but they do have a Salsaritas, so they get they get credibility points with me. Uh, but there are some SEC towns that unfortunately do not have. Gainesville's got a Salsaritas. Um, Nashville, so many good eating options there. I'm not sure if they have one there or not. Uh, wow. Auburn, Auburn, if you're listening, you need a Salsaritas. <laughs> Trust me, Auburn. <laughs> You need it. Hey, you need a sure that's not all they're lacking on the plane. Hey, <laughs> after y'all learn to spell, you need to get a uh, salsaritas in town. I said that, not Mike. Ouch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they got a Bucky's. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the only one made it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm te- in on this salsarita fiesta pack deluxe. I'm liking this. Yeah, no, it, it's really, and you can go to the website and they've got the app and everything else. But it's, hey, if you it, download the app, you get a free entree right now. That looks pretty sweet. Jamie is all over it. Jamie is absolutely. Well, I'm, it, it's lunchtime. We, we do this show in the middle of lunch. I need, I need to eat so I can I take my back pills. I know. That's the other challenge of doing. This. By the way, uh, so so my man Suki has owned these restaurants now for years and years. He's also now they have the concession at Williams Price. So if you are at the game and you want something good to eat, and here's the other thing he told me to mention too, and I know this, well, I know a lot of Gamecock fans that go to every game at, at williams Price Stadium, and the number one complaint is too long a lines for, for the concessions. You know, you're sitting there starving and you're waiting in line. They move fast. Suki will be there. You tell him I said this. He, he's moving fast. So he's not just getting you your good food. He's getting it to you quickly. So if you're at williams Price next week, Yes, you will have it uh, fast as well. But yeah, we'll um, when we get to the Fab Five Challenge, uh, one lucky listener 
will have themselves a free Fiesta pack. That's like a $55, $60 value. But again, you've got to pick it up at the one of the Columbia locations. So if you're out there in Charleston and you're not coming to Columbia, then this, this game might not be for you. If you're listening to us in Dallas, this game probably isn't for you. But if you're anywhere near Columbia, you're going to be there and you win, Ooh. you got yourself a great prize pack. Wait a second now. Now now we're on now we're at the nacho bar. Yeah, this is getting better by the second. This is, yeah. is there this, a uh is, is there he's a, gonna find himself in a food come on about four uh, hours. How about a, is there a nacho cheese hoagie and a fiesta pack? <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm liking this nacho bar, man. Nacho bar is you got the three amigo bundles named it's after his favorite movie. It's mine, uh, nachos, you know. That's right. That's right. Uh and yes, they do have uh so they, they do have plenty of options. <laughs> plenty is, of options. This plenty is fantastic. Options. Yeah. So if you're yeah. gonna have, I mean, yeah, this is uh, it. Only who makes doesn't sense. like tacos? Like who doesn't? I I eat Tex-Mex minimum once a week, as many Same. as three times a week. Same. So it's it's like well, this no. is a no brainer. <laughs> this is I. So I could pe- feed fifteen people for one hundred and sixty five dollars. That's a steal. That's not bad. Yeah. That's ten dollars a person. I used to have them cater my fantasy baseball drafts back in uh, Columbia. Mm. Like, I mean, I love pizza, but you, again, you can only do pizza so many times. Somebody had a great uh, line on your chat box. Having having sandwiches at a tailgate is like on third down and eight, just running it straight up the middle for three yards. That's a great, I don't I don't agree with that. Line. I, hey, I, I think that's Saturday. Hey, Clint, Clint, that's a poor <laughs> reference because if you saw the the honey baked ham tailgate package, number one, number two, what about mini ham biscuits? Are those sandwiches or are they just mini ham biscuits? I would classify that in a different category. That's a biscuit. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's a that's biscuit. A, yeah. yeah. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Just like people what, would say a hot dog is a sandwich because it's a, a that's piece not of meat. True. But that's not a sandwich. Stop. No, that. it's not. Stuff. What about if you have Bojangles? Chicken that's sandwich. fried chicken, dude. That's not. That's a different category. That's fried chicken. Yeah, now, chicken so you're talking. Sandwich. What are we talking about? Sandwich. We're talking about subway. It just says sandwiches. Talk about a public sub. We you, you cut up. I kind of bring like you a damn loaf of white bread and some bologna, if, and you, that's what you did. Now oh, that's yeah. the third. Hey, yeah, hey. Platter. <laughs> well, yeah. Is it fried bologna? Are you going to fry that bologna? <laughs> yeah, if you fried can, is a game changer. Mass fry that bad boy. I'll eat it. If you invite me to your house for a tailgate or a a get together and you say, Hey, Mike, we're going to get public subs. Tell me what you want. And I can, you know, give you my list of topics. Then you're, you're okay in my book. But if you just sit there and yeah, here's the Turkey club plate. Um, again, that's, that's running goal line on third and eight from field. So while we're, so I've got some guys coming over for the game Saturday. This is what I'm doing. Um, smoked wings. I'm a fan. Uh, smoked sausage and cheese dip, bulb peanuts, uh, pigs in a blanket. And then this is going to sound, y'all are going to make fun of me for this, but I don't care because I needed something that was light and it's good. I sliced cucumbers and I put ham salad from Honey Baked on top of it with salt and Ham pepper. salad. That's fascinating. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like chicken salad, but it's ham. So that's my spread. Is that a good enough tailgate for you to show up to? Or would you say, yeah, we might swing by and then never answer my phone call? I might bring a Fiesta pack from Salsaritas with me. I might oh. be that guy that says, you know, I'm not just going to take all your free food. I'm going to I'm going to bring something kind of like a bottle of wine to a nice dinner party. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll all enjoy everything. We'll have the best of all worlds. 
about right. that? You never let the food turn you away. You just bring what you want if you don't really? like what they have. I, I absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I no, never get me. mad at anybody for bringing their own food or their own beer. You come to my well, house, you're you're more than welcome to do it. You can bring your own booze. That's fine. But when I tell you I'm going to have food, I hate I, if I unless I say yeah, bring something. I can't stand when people bring other stuff because I'm like, well, what really? do I make all this for? Yeah, I like to. Well, like just trying to help family. out. I think it depends you're, how many people you have over. If it's just an intimate, like you're inviting your boy, your 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 best friend or something. But if you're inviting a, a large group of people and they mm-hmm. bring something, you know, somebody brings. I don't well, know, we'll tell ball. you if we want you to bring something. If yeah. not, yeah. This is where I always ask my wife because I don't know like what's the proper etiquette. If you uh, don't say bring something, like I always offer, always. I agree. We do too. No and doubt. Sometimes if the person says no at a politeness, I might still bring something just because I feel guilty if I'm just sponging on your food and not bringing something. You're like Nat. No, Nat that's does fair. that. She'll insist on bringing something. Even the kid, like uh, Caden had, had a uh, a robotics team thing and Caden's one of these process guys. You can't deviate him. And he's like, I've got the salsa. Max has the chips. And she's like, but you need chips. I've got the salsa. Max has the chips. 15 times later, finally I had to have the bag. I, I took him to the shindig, right? I'm like, just leave the chips in the car, buddy. You know, it's okay. Your mom's a little <laughs> off about this, but she always wants to bring. It doesn't matter if we're like out of town and we go someplace, and we're somebody's guest. She's bringing stuff all the time. So I'm, I'm, she, you, you and her are a lot alike. I, I ask once, and if they say no. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll like, yeah, I'll bring beverages. Always, you know? I, I'm, I, I'll, I'm not, I'm I'll not going to mooch yeah. off somebody else's beer. Oh yeah, I always, you know, but uh, or even if, if, if you know, but I'm, I'm like with Jamie too. Sometimes I feel like if I'm cooking and I'm providing the food and stuff. And people bring stuff anyway. I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know. I know. Uh, yeah, if I tell know. you don't bring anything, I mean it. I'll well, then tell I'm not you. bringing it. Yeah. If you give me yeah, a distinct what, order, you no. know, if if you were the code red, then I'm then I'm getting the the, the proper I, I was chemicals last to, weekend. The keel like for our down. family. And then my I yeah I got it. I this is what everybody go that yeah okay cool. And then I have uh, parts of my family that show up with two sides and three boxes of chicken fingers that they got from the deli at the grocery store. I said, well, I just went out and bought a hundred dollars worth of food. So what am I right. doing here? You know, like that well, type this of is crap. Good to know, because one of these days I'm coming to the Jamie Bradford household for such an occasion. And I will know, do not bring anything. And I will oh, not. I'm not going to say that to you. I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, pick up something on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like bring it. <laughs> Bring a bottle of buffalo. Bring booze. <laughs> hey, you might stop at Bojangles on your way in and grab us all some biscuits. And uh, <laughs> I will say this: I know we got to get a break. Speaking of Bojangles, I'm a big fan of Bojangles. Love Bojangles. Will always love Bojangles. But during the pandemic, you know, it was remember there was only twenty thousand people that could go to the games or whatever, and my cousin and I were the only two that were brave enough in our family to go. So we stopped, we would stop at Bojangles for, I think, maybe three of those five games because right there next to where we park outside of Williams Bryce. I kid you not, the first game of the year, we pulled up the drive through line, like it ordered like a, you know, tailgate package or whatever. They gave it to us in a bright orange Clemson box <laughs> next to Williams Freak, Bryce Freaking Stadium. I looked Jeez. at the lady, I said, You got to be kidding me. 
She goes, well, we ran out of the other ones. I said, football season just started today. How did you run out of them? Supply chain. <laughs> Supply chain. Well, do you want it or not? I was like, no. Put one, put <laughs> one of them yellow back. boxes. Take my bullberry biscuit out of this. My bullberry yeah, biscuits. <laughs> Bojangles is delicious. They don't have them up here. Uh, so when I get back to Columbia, obviously I have to eat there like twice, and that's not good for me either. But uh, I do like some Bojangles. I like the chicken sandwich. I'm, I can't eat I biscuits. like I can't eat biscuits like in bulk i know it'll look like it but it i love biscuits but i can only really eat like one at a time so wait do they put mayo like, on their chicken sandwich if you ask for it okay but they don't they don't put it on it doesn't come with it like the pie. Like neither does chick-fil-a yeah popeyes puts if it's spicy yeah. puts oh. spicy sauce on it if it's if it's may if it's regular it's mayo yeah but you don't like the mayo Oh, I think it's the condiment of the devil. And if you put mayo on something like that without asking me, we got a problem, which is why I will never order a Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is why I'm Chick-fil-A all the way. <laughs> hey, I put mayonnaise and uh, ketchup on my Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's, oh, that's I don't know about that. pretty much satanic, ketchup. what you just said. Uh, you put devil. mustard and hot sauce on a Chick-fil-A that's, sandwich. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where to go with that, but that hey. is blasphemous. That, that is awful. I hey, got uh, that. I picked that up in college. <laughs> oh, Goodness, mustard and hot sauce. And I love, I love Chick-fil-A's pickles, too. I never realized how good they were on the sandwich. They're fantastic. They're leaving yeah. them on. Yeah, they're, really they're fantastic. But I mean, I mean, seriously, like I, I know people listening are, are mayo people, and that's fine. But to assume that I want mayonnaise on a chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. that you're Fair making enough. a really, really bad assumption. That yeah. is that that is just not a good move on on your part. And people were so excited about the pop. I got a Popeyes two miles from my house. When they broke that thing out, there was a line. I mean, it was stopping traffic. And I was like, "Wow, I got to try this." And then I get up there, and I'm like, "Just exactly what's on there?" And oh, we got the and mayonnaise. And I was like, "Next, I'll take a give me three drumsticks." Like I'm not going there. I'm not going there. No. Why would you do that? With chicken sandwich, please. Oh yeah. Anyway, no. Um, we haven't talked much football, but I'm sure we'll get to it at, at some point. Oh yeah, uh, we'll do that. We can talk yeah, we football. Can. I forgot about that. Uh, let's uh, let's hit a timeout because we need to take one anyways. Mike's got the Fab Five, and you know, quite frankly, if we run over one o'clock today, we run over one o'clock today. As long as uh, the guy behind the board over there can handle it, and I don't know what JC's schedule. JC, are you getting a haircut? You look like you're wearing one of those gowns that they put over <laughs> you when you're getting your haircut. <laughs> I kind of thought I looked like the Western Kentucky Hilltopper, like you know, the, the, that that, that gum, gum drop looking thing they have as their mascot. Give me a three Kentucky. and a half, three and a half yeah. on the sides, a little bit off the top. Yeah, you know, Great Clips is, is probably a lawn in Western Kentucky. I, I, I probably need like the collar here, but it's my it's my offensive line coach shirt. It's uh, it looks like, oh, like, like, a, okay. like a line coach, you yeah. know, when I wear this thing. It was actually cold this morning up here. It's in the forties. Wow. wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they, they don't, it doesn't, I mean, fall up here is relatively pleasant, but because it's cooler, it's like 40 to 70 until like the end of October, but uh, it does get a little cooler at night. You don't, you don't have very many endless summer nights to quote Richard Marks. 
uh, in uh, wow. Illinois, except June and July, really, and then part of most of August. But it starts getting cool about the end of August and all that. And then when, when JC first moved there, I pictured first off. I mean, I I would have lost the bet. I thought that'd be a one and doneer. Like you, you might last one year, and I I just kept envisioning Jack Nicholson like year month number two at the Overlook Hotel just shut in there and all of a sudden he starts you know typing away on the typewriter all work and no play makes JC a dull boy and he's throwing a, a racquetball as hard as he can at a wall he's getting chippy with his wife and next thing you know he's talking to imaginary bartenders and before you know it he's running around with an axe looking to kill people that's kind of what I envisioned and the beard kind of completes that whole ensemble but to his credit a lifetime southerner has adapted to the windy city and it's just blended in you won't hear him complain during the winter time he just just rolls right off it uh, I, I kudos because i don't know if i could make it honestly i don't know if i could make it a whole chicago winter yeah well we've had some right in the pandemic jeez dude the pandemic screwed me up because i tell time by the weather and sports and so I'm here for the first time for winter, right? And so I'm like literally became Jack Nicholson from The Shining for a couple of days because really there wasn't much to do. So, you know, just like everybody else, I'd have a few beers almost daily, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I'm sitting out there it's, and it's like I'm watching the snow come down from my garage. It's another thing up here. People hang out in the garage quite a bit. And uh, I got a little music going and a uh, little Pink Floyd and, I see the snow accumulating on the truck, and and all of a sudden, uh, I, I, it hit me. It's April 15th. <laughs> but there's no baseball to tell me otherwise. There was no March Madness to tell me the weather's about to change, and it's my first winter up here. So I'm like, wow. Mm. And I, I was like, for that moment, sorry, honey, if you're listening, I was like, huh. uh, I was like, I was like Bubba from Forrest Gump. I won't go home. <laughs> put put down and, the bat, Wendy. Yeah, so but then that was that was. But then, I, mean, I, I stepped out of it, I, and I'm like, you know, I mean, look, if you if you're with somebody that's great and you have a good life and you don't have drama and and you can still do your job and have that fulfillment, you can live anywhere, man. I mean, you know, it's Chicago doesn't bother me because number one, I don't live in Chicago; I live outside uh, in a rural same, area. Right? But yeah, the weather does good. And Mike told me, Mike was like, "Hey, a buddy of mine moved there, and he just stopped going outside completely." He's like, "Just the weather." You know, like, you know who that buddy was? Zone. That that buddy was Jason Corsi, former Gamecock kicker. Oh, um, remember Jason yeah. Corsi? He was he was mm-hmm. a teammate of Reed Morton's, who's a good friend of mine as well. And and uh, Jason is in the. I think he's still in. He lives in Charleston now. He he couldn't he couldn't hack it. Uh, but he he moved there for his for his job. And yeah, for seven months, he just sat and like watched movies all day, like a shut in. And he, he wasn't like you, JC, he didn't have a significant other at the time. So he was just a lonely, lonely man uh, trying to hack it in Chicago. And finally, he's like, I can't do it. And he went he went back to South Carolina. But you you've got love on your side. You you you're an adaptable creature. I like to think we could put you in any habitat. And, and you would survive, and that's one of the many uh, characteristics of JC. That, that's why he's going to outlive all of us. He's he's a he's a man of 
of many traits and he's like the Dosecki guy. He's like the yeah. Dosecki guy. Years ago, he's the most interesting man on the face of the earth. <laughs> he can go guys. from Ed Orgeron to Steve Spurrier in the snap of a finger, and Lou Holtz, and Lou Holtz, and Chris Rock, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris Hansen. Or every well, once in a while, so he always will blend in and Ed Orgeron with no, no matter who he's trying to do, it'll still sound like Ed Orgeron. The, I, the deeper voices. Are like can that. I can I inject one question before we go to break? You, you can chew on. Uh, you guys remember the last again? Don't look it up. You remember the last time Tennessee went into the swamp and won? Uh, it's been like twenty years. Two thousand three. Twenty years. You're exactly right. So yeah. think about this. We go to break. And I think this game is important. If you're a Gamecock fan, I think you should have a certain rooting interest you might not think you should have, but I think you should, um, as well as some other fans in the Eastern Division and the SEC as a whole. Uh, who were the starting quarterbacks in that game? 2003. Uh, think about it. Think about it. Eric Ainge. No? no. Was it 04, you said, Mike? Or 03. 03. That was Re- Rexy? Rex Grossman? Grossman? And no, 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 Grossman. No, it's O two. So who was the O three starting quarterback? So you, before? you had you had Palmer and what's it was his, Leak. Um, it was Chris Leak as a true freshman. Uh, Chris Leak did not start that game. He finished it, but he did started? not start that game. Hmm. I'm at a loss. Hmm. All right, let's chew on it during the break because I know it was Ron Zook versus. And neither one of you have guessed the Tennessee quarterback either. Oh, Palmer. That was uh that was a Clawson, right? That's right. Yeah, oh, Jimmy Clawson. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Not Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Clawson. That's no, right. Casey, Jimmy played Casey for Notre Clawson. Dame. Casey. Jimmy Clawson was the one Casey that played for Notre yeah. Dame. When I was yeah, doing yeah. the Panther preseason games, uh I had Jimmy's introduction to the NFL. And they spent a second round draft pick on Jimmy Clawson now. A lot of people thought Jimmy Clawson was going to be outstanding. Um is that a keyboard I hear, JC? Yeah, uh, he's sorry, he's sorry, all sorry. over it. We're gonna, yeah, we're, he's, you said don't look it up. He's he so, went right to the. So J, we we just caught you googling it, JC. No, I'm kidding. Um, J, Jimmy Clawson goes to the Panthers second round draft pick, and I'm calling the games with Mike Rucker, and we're watching. And so these games for rookies, it's not like now where they just bench everybody and it's it's miserable football. Like these guys are getting major reps, and Jimmy uh, is trying to prove that he belongs. And eventually, he's battling Cam Newton for the job. Mm-hmm. Guys, that is the weakest arm I've seen a second round NFL draft pick ever had. He couldn't throw a 20 yard out. Forget about the deep ball. He couldn't throw. Yeah. And it was just, it was hard to watch. The poor kid, he had no chance. No chance. And they spent a second round draft pick on him. Anyway. It's got me to thinking about well, uh, Jimmy. Flint, Flint used to call him Noodle Arm, so that's what know, he they, was. He was a Noodle he Arm. Against it. He's yeah. literally he's like he's got a Noodle Arm. He the weakest arm I've seen that type of again. Th- there are scouts that go through rigorous all kinds of tape and drills and combines and and they spend a second round pick on a guy that doesn't have a strong arm even by college standards. Noodle Arm. Mm. Noodle Arm. Um. By the way, the 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 quarterback staying for Florida is on the tip of my tongue, and I just I can see him, and it's a strange name. Remember, he had a weird name, not he had a weird first name. 
I think you're 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 correct on everything you just said. It's not that it's not Sage Rosenfels because he was starting for the no. Redskins. No, for Spurs. But um, well, Sage went to Tulane, didn't he? What no, was that was JP Losman. Oh, that was Losman. Yeah. So Sage Rosenfels went to Florida. No, I'm wrong. He didn't go to Florida. Uh, no, I, I, but that, that that's Spurrier was coaching the Redskins this yeah, 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 yeah. year. So right, like, right, right, right. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to start Sage this week. Oh, it's, he went through shoot. Sage. He went through Shane yeah. Matthews. He went through Danny Werfel. He went through seven quarterbacks. It's crazy. It's like the Grossman, year Holtz. Grossman's last year was 01, right? Yes, and that was the last. That was the last year of Spurrier. Nope. Grossman played no two for the Zucker. Oh, he did play for the Zucker because okay. that was that was one of the. That's why that was such a disappointing year. They actually beat Georgia that year. Yeah, Georgia their only lost, but finished eight and four. What was that guy's name? Martin. Well, we, Martin. Ingle Martin. Is that it? Ingle Martin. Martin. Ingle, Ingle Martin. Martin. I Nashville. No. Na- Spurrier's last quarterback recruit at Florida, by the way. Nashville yeah. native, dual threat guy. Ended up going that's to right. Furman and being pretty good. Yep. Transferred yeah, out right. to Furman. I was about to say, transfer, yeah. Yep. Uh, hey. So that was it. That was your, the last time the Vols won in the swamp. It was the Casey Clawson Ingle Martin showdown. Clawson Jeez. won the game going 12 for 23, 235, a touch and a pick. So clearly, uh, Tennessee ran the ball. Yeah. 50 carries, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. And I'll bet you. Uh, well, Martin could yeah. have done much. Yeah. yeah. Jabari Davis. And Cedric Houston led the way on the ground. Ooh, there's a couple of names for you. And that was the second win in a row for Tennessee at the Swamp. Because you you guys remember in 01. Well, yeah. That was the game Travis Stevens just ran it up there. That was the 9-11 game that got rescheduled. That was the game that really spelled the – that's when Steve Spurrier, because, you know, typical of fan bases, right? You're used to a certain standard. So they are – they are all over Steve's ass after that game because it was a record-setting offense with Rex Grossman. I mean, they were lighting everybody up, 40 points a game, whatever it was. And in the swamp, they were supposed to win that game. Well, they don't. Tennessee does. Tennessee goes to Atlanta. Spurrier, I'll never forget, I was at D's Wings in Casey, uh, which has since moved. And on the crawl... On one of the TVs, it says Steve Spurrier resigns from the University of Florida. And I was like, holy F. And then the Redskins job comes. He leaves for that. He had to He had to just kind of scratch that itch. And it was doomed to fail. He got $5 million a year. Back then, $5 million a year from Dan Snyder. That was huge money. Now it's nothing. But back then, $5 million a year was huge, huge money. He put in his time. He wasn't terrible as an NFL coach. I must, I got to add that too. He wasn't terrible. Uh, and then, of course, winds up at South Carolina. And I'll never forget being at that initial press conference in 05. And Steve got the that job. Was... And just, it's just surreal to see Steve Spurrier in Columbia, South Carolina with Gamecock gear on, getting ready to coach the cops. Shoot. Yeah, that was, and he could have gone to the Buccaneers probably that same offseason, but, uh, yeah, Spurrier grew up playing right. for the Redskins. That was kind of his team. Yeah. Uh, he talked all kinds of smoke. Well, I hope Dallas becomes our Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was all that was that was doomed to fail. And it, it was uh it was interesting. And then the Florida job 
but that was a weird search and they landed on the Zucker somehow. And, uh, uh, you know, away you go. But well, let that, this be a let this be a lesson for people w- who criticize ads, including the one that happens to be in in South Carolina smoke. now. <laughs> Jeremy Foley will go down as one of the best athletic directors in SEC history because under his watch, now he didn't hire Spurrier. People think he hired Spurrier. He did not. He inherited Spurrier. But under his watch, Spurrier won a title. Urban won two titles. Billy Donovan won two titles. He gets credit for Billy Donovan. That hire came out of nowhere. You hire a 30-year-old guy from Marshall who didn't do much at Marshall. Somehow it worked out. And Kevin O'Sullivan, too. I want to add Kevin O'Sullivan to that. Correct. Yes, correct. Although every other baseball coach he hired, he fired a few years later because they underachieved. Um, but, But in football, think about this. Spurrier leaves. He never hired Spurrier. All those successful teams in the 90s, that wasn't Jeremy's creation. Uh, and what does he do? He hires Ron Zook. And to JC's point, why? I, nobody will ever know. I, maybe because there wasn't really like an Urban Meyer out there. So he went with a guy he was familiar with that was with Steve for a number of years, was a terrible defensive coordinator, but was a great special teams coach in college and the NFL. So Zook fails. Uh, then he hires Muschamp. Or excuse me. Then he hires Urban Meyer. We know that worked, but then he has to go back to the to back to the well. Okay, no problem. We got Jeremy Foley. That's the best AD in the country. Will Muschamp fail? So that's two fails. McElwain fail. So three football coaches that all failed, and and he, all three of those hires came when Florida was a was a top ten perennial top ten program. So was Jeremy just dumb? No, it just goes to my point. Like, you could be the smartest AD in the world. At the end of the day, a lot of these hires still are a crapshoot. You make intelligent moves as best you can, but a lot of them just simply do not work out. And those three were, in a lot of ways, horrifically bad. And and you could make the argument Florida hasn't totally recovered from some of those hires. No, they have not, actually. No, they keep I, hitting the reset button too. I mean, well, they keep hitting the reset button, and and it it you know it didn't work out under Dan Mullen, and now we'll see. I mean, this game for Billy Napier uh, is bigger than I think a lot of people think, because I think nationally people are like, well, it's only a second year. You don't can't fire a coach in the second year, and you might be right. But yes, they can. Uh-uh, Florida says, "Hold my beer." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I personally don't think he's going to be fired. Regardless, I I just. I don't think you're the AD there. You just made that higher. I don't think you're going to fire him after two years. But you lose this game, and if you lose it badly, um, that fan base is already going to have a, a, a strong opinion on Billy Napier. And furthermore, if Tennessee wins, and they go in there, and we'll go over the, the, the lines on the Fab Five Challenge, Tennessee goes in there and wins. Everybody, the narrative nationally is going to be Tennessee's back, y'all. Tennessee, we keep talking about what? Georgia, Bama, LSU. Georgia, Bama, LSU. Well, who the hell else is really worth talking about nationally from the SEC? Well, Tennessee wins this game, and they can put together some kind of magic like they did last year. They're going to put Tennessee on a, on a different tier. Might not be quite Bama, LSU, Georgia, but it's tier two by themselves, and then it's just this stack of programs, whether it's Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, Kentucky. 
Again, these aren't awful. It's not an awful place to be. Not awful, but 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 you will see people all of a sudden ordain Tennessee as the Volunteers are back as a national power. The Gators, they need it. They do have Charlotte up next, but then they hit the road for Kentucky. They got Vandy. They got to go to South Carolina, and then here come the Dogs. And it could be pretty much downhill from there. It's going to be uh, a huge game in Columbia. Oh, it's going to be enormous. If they, get, if, if, if they lose this weekend, though, it's – it's it's uh, hey, there's a game before that in Lexington that uh, Kentucky's looking for three in a row over Florida. So um, it's amazing to yeah. even think about that. All a right, lot so easier what, to fall from grace than to get to grace. Well, you got that right. Grace, where are the presents? <laughs> yeah, Grace. She died 20 years ago. All Did right, the room Joey. Clear the out? blessing. The blessing. <laughs> Awesome. Let's uh, right. step aside. When we return, um, I'll give away continue. some food. I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll give away some food, and um, I'll continue to dominate these losers in this Fab Five Challenge. Oh, so, everybody, geez. hang tight. <laughs> Inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and of course, here in Power Hour, which is presented proudly by Brian Spencer and Palmetto Medicare. More on that in the five, Fab Five Challenge when we return. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game packs. One ten September 14th. That's Thursday. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Dominium Co. But this hour, very proudly presented, Mr. Morgan, by our friend Brian Spencer at Palmetto Medicare. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly appreciate everything that Brian does. I was thinking about this today as I pontificate on a long walk and just think to myself, you know, where is it, where, what does life mean? Where is it heading? What, what is it going to look like for me when I'm near the age of 65. And then I thought to myself, you know, I don't know, but I know one thing. I want somebody helping uh, look out for me in that situation. I might not be ready to go ahead and do all the things that I need to and getting on Medicare and worrying about coverage and everything else. Hopefully Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare will still be around. He's been around since 2005. But even if you have a loved one that's that age and you're younger I know our audience kind of hits the spectrum of all ages. Well, then make this phone call for the person you care or love. Make the phone call to Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare. Again, proudly serving South Carolinians for nearly 20 years. Uh, The number's on your screen, but if you're listening to us on other venues, 803-960-9484, 803-960-9484. Let him help you through the process and cover as much as Medicare costs as humanly possible. He will get the best plan for you, guaranteed. And the phone call, the consultation costs you absolutely nothing. All right. You think Brian could beat us in the Fab Five Challenge? Uh, Again, Brian doesn't do much else well. So, no, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to probably train him to know what the spread means and, You'd have to go through this whole detailed explanation of how do you cover the points, and that would just take too long. Uh, now, Suki of Salsaritas, he could probably do it uh, oh. because he's been a part of this now for a while, so he knows how the game is played. And for those that are new to the contest, and again, we did this uh, in Colombia for years, and now we're we're broadening our uh, our brand, if you will, to the entire audience of this fine program. Five games against the spread. We'll give our picks, um, and the winner for the uh, for, of the uh, the best of the audience, somebody's going to win a Fiesta pack, which again serves five to six people. Uh, box will be ready to go. You got your tortillas, your meats, your toppings, your chips, your salsas, your queso, your guac. It's fifty-five to sixty-dollar value. Somebody's going to win it. Uh, again, you have to pick it up in Columbia. So if you have no plans on going to Columbia, South Carolina anytime soon, then please hold off on your entries. And the tiebreaker we'll get to as well will be uh, total yards for the Gamecocks against Georgia. Now, how, JB, 
we don't have this on the app yet. So how do you want it, to take the it'll, uh, it, Yeah, it will be up. Um, it should be up by about two o'clock. So okay, great. we will, uh, if you follow us on Twitter and all that too, um, we will tweet out, we'll tweet out the link. Okay, um, awesome. and I can, um, but yeah, we can, we can put out the link and you just click on it and it'll, and you'll be able to enter. And, um, and then we will have a winner on Monday. Yeah. Or we'll no, I tell you what, we'll have a winner on Tuesday when you're back on with us. Yeah, we'll that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, here are the five games you all will be picking and, uh, maybe we can put that up hey. somewhere, somewhere else too. Well, the so like I know that we had the like Tennessee and Florida was at seven last night, but I think it's yep. been bet down. Tennessee's at six and a half. Are we holding the seven or are we down to six? No, and a half? we can go if it's if it's down to six and a half, we'll go down to six and a half. Okay, I didn't oh, know it was uh, <laughs> it does actually. <laughs> well, like the LSU line went, uh, the LSU line went down a half a point, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, some of the lines move, but we'll we'll we'll. We'll find the latest one right now and hopefully go with that. All right, so let's start off. LSU-Mississippi State, LSU a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Mississippi State. I'll start things off, and I will take the Bayou Bengals. Where are you going, Jesse? Ten. Let's see here. You got that at ten. Well, Man, you know, that's what, yeah, that's what it was. But, uh, All right. Yeah, I, no, I get it. Oh, you're going – I'm going to LSU. Point changed you, huh, Phil? No, I'm just gonna I've got to update my thing here. No, I'm still going to LSU, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still going to LSU here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going with LSU, but it's going to be a late cover. It's going to be a late cover. I think Mississippi okay. State's going to keep this game to closer than people think for a while, but they'll. Or, uh, but uh, the uh, Tigers will cover it late. I'm going to go Mississippi State to cover the ten. Ten's too Ooh. much for me to lay on them at home. Okay. And LSU, yeah. LSU, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Uh, solid reasoning. That's 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 solid. Um, Florida, <laughs> the game we mentioned, Florida, Tennessee, Florida. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast <laughs> school sure is paying off. Florida says uh, Tennessee's a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Florida. JC, who do you like? I got to go with Tennessee. I, I just don't – there's a scenario where, where Florida will have to do certain things to win this football game, and I don't know that uh, a couple of them are things they do well. And passing the ball and avoiding turnovers and mistakes uh, would be the two biggest ones. Uh, it, it, teams have tried to play ball control against Tennessee in the hypo era, and they usually fail. And uh, I don't – Florida doesn't have the explosiveness to keep up with them on a track meet. So – uh, you, you know, I, 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 I think it's unlikely Milton throws a bunch of incompletions and turns it over. Florida holds the ball for however long and runs it up their throat, and Mertz makes enough plays. Them. Like those three things could happen. I don't think they will. Tennessee covers. They probably went by about like eight, 18 to 10, something like that. I don't know. Jamie? 18 to 10. How about that, 18 to it's 10? It's a rugby game in the swamp. All right. Uh, I've got um, I've got Florida covering. Believe it or not, I think that they'll uh, they're going to keep this thing close down there, and people are going to be wondering what what happens. But Tennessee wins. Florida covers. Mad dog. No Tennessee. Yeah, we're going to put that twenty years to bed Saturday. 
Uh, I I think Tennessee wins the game, but I actually think Florida covers. Uh, I'll I'll take the points on that. I, look, you're going to get Florida's best shot. You saw their worst shot in Week One against Utah. I can't I can't imagine uh, playing more sloppy. Week Two was a tune-up, and now Week Three, nighttime in the swamp. Uh, look, Grant Mertz has not been the problem. Like Grant Mertz actually has played solid football. And mm-hmm. I think they will I think they will devise a game plan similar to what JC was talking about. And I again I'm not there yet on Joe Milton. That's the other factor. If, if this was Hendon Hooker, that'd be a different story. It's Joe Milton. And I don't know if Joe Milton is uh is ready to light it up just yet. So I'll take Florida in the points. Uh Arkansas is a 10 point favorite against BYU, Jamie. This has come down, guys. This is it. Uh, Arkansas is only an eight-point favorite now in this ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with eight, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So um, apparently they knew what I, I was doing. That does, I think. You know. Yeah, I'll. T- I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to flip my pick. I'm going to go. I think Arkansas is going to end up covering it. Okay. I'm going to go Phil. Arkansas. I'm sticking with BYU. You are? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stick with BYU as well. Uh, BYU is – they're, they're not going to lose a game on physicality. That's never been an issue with BYU. So this is not your typical Mountain West SEC, oh, well, they'll just get beat up front. I'm, I'm not expecting that, actually. Uh, so I'll, I'll take BYU to, to to keep it close, and I would put Arkansas on upset alert. JC. Good one. JC with the mute button off. I'm trying to please Philip Mountainbottom. <laughs> this uh, gripe, incessant griping about my typing, you know. Uh, but no, seriously, Philip, I am sorry. I, I'm trying to make sure I don't uh, <laughs> I do not do that. I don't think it's quite mountain bottom. I think it's Mont Bottom. It's, it's Mont Batten. You know, it's, it's He's the a name good guy. Phil's been one of our listeners <laughs> since the beginning. I mean, it's, I feel bad. I mean, I'm not joking around, Philip. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, uh, I just don't know how to pronounce your name. Because I'm an idiot. Uh, all right, I'm an, and I'm probably an idiot for doing this. I'm going to go BYU and 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 concur with all of you guys. All right, all right. That was easy enough. Uh, one more <clears throat> outside of the Gamecock game. The uh, I thought about doing Missouri K State, but I'm going to stay with West Virginia. A little more history there. That used to be a classic, classic game. Uh, a lot of things have changed including the uh, job security of Neil Brown at West Virginia and the Mountaineers. But I'm actually going to take West Virginia at home in Morgantown to beat Pitt. Same. I'm with you, Mike. I think they do it. I think they do it for Brown. Coach Brown. For Coach Brown. I mean, there, there's no <laughs> other analysis I have on this because – No, I mean, you know, they're, they're not I a mean, good team. Know, Pitt- Got beat by Cincy. Neither one of these teams is really rolling in there good. No, no. This is a matchup of two mediocre to below mediocre yeah. teams. Yeah, uh, this is not a team that's going to be, you know, making waves in the Pac-12 that beat Pitt last week. I mean, no, this is. No. You guys are killing me. Uh, the, the, you're you're totally, you know, discounting the Narduzzi factor. I mean, this guy doesn't have two bad games in a row. He's a model of consistency. 
I'm a Narduzzi C- guy. C- Cincinnati surprised them. They got Scott Satterfield, who's looks like he's probably a better fit there than Louisville. It's still the same guy that one of those games at App State. I think they probably got a little surprised, and uh, they'll 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 be ready for the backyard brawl. This is, I think it's scheduled to be played a couple more times, but you never know. This may be your last shot. And Narduzzi's going to go back and coach off of last week and and correct things. Neil Brown is not. I think Neil Brown's a paper tiger, to be honest with you. Well, this is not a vote for Neil Brown. Let me just no, say that. I the man I, will be fired no, at no. the end of the year. <laughs> but but at home, that, at, that atmosphere in Morgantown is highly underrated. Uh, they get there. They're singing country roads. They hate Pittsburgh because for those of you that, that don't ever look at a map, Morgantown is basically a suburb of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is hilarious because uh, that's where our boy Bob Huggins got popped for the Dewey the, the, the end of his career. And he told people he was in Columbus, Ohio. I'm like, how do you – Columbus? I mean, Pitt uh, – anyway. That bit might be like me getting pulled over going, am I in Indianapolis? No. You're in Chi-Town. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm going to go with Pitt, the Narduzzi factor. I'm going with Pitt, too. I think Pitt wins the game. All right, so we're split on that one. Okay, the last one as part of the Fab Five Challenge always involves the Gamecocks when they're playing. So Spencer Rattler has a completion percentage of over 80, correct? 83 to be 83. 83. Completion percentage for Rattler against Georgia over under 69 and a half. Who leads this one off? I forgot. I lost my place. 69. Bill? I'm over. Mad Dog. Phil's going over, so 70 or above for Spencer. That would certainly be a good thing for Carolina against Georgia. I will go under. I think it. I, I think no ground game potentially in this game means a lot of predictable down-and-distance scenarios for Spencer Rattler, and as good as he is and as much as I like those receivers. Have you got, I'm sure you guys have talked about Juice Wells. I, I, I kind of need a healthy Juice Wells here. Um, yeah. That would that would help, but now I'll I'll go under. Doesn't mean Spencer's going to have a bad game. I'll just I'll go under sixty nine and a half because that's a pretty high number against this Georgia defense. Um, it it is a high number. I I, I think he is a hair under it, okay. so I'm under. Yeah, not by much. Yeah, I think, I he think he's a pushed it over. You know, quick game stuff. I think that kind of gets him there. You know, they're going to throw to to replace the run, and yeah. yeah. But JC hair under. I, I have to go hair <laughs> under. Like I, I'm thinking 67, 68, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. 83 is just that's sick. it's. A, I mean, it's big, man. Uh, 25 for 27. Somebody pointed out to me too in the 25 for 27 the other night. One of the incompletions was when he spiked the ball to stop the clock before the second half. Right, dude. Was Which almost, should not count against the personal. It like that's counting the team stats, but not in the well, well and the well just, the. Just like the rushing stats in the NFL for quarterbacks, sacks don't count. So, right, 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 right. Yeah, there's there's a few things we could do better on stats uh, when it comes to the way they calculate them in college football. <clears throat> Remember, for years and years and years, we didn't count bowl game stats. How stupid mm-hmm. was that? Yeah, I don't. I never them. understood yeah, that. That's, it that's, makes sense. Yeah. Is it a game? Like, why would we not count that toward his career? So they didn't have a separate category. It would not count toward your total stats. 
in college football. Uh, but, but, but that's it. That's, that's all five. So, again, send in your entries. Those are the five. And one uh, lucky – oh, the tiebreaker. I'm sorry, tiebreaker, because we might have multiple people with the best record. Total yards for the Gamecocks. Total yards for the, the Gamecocks. We don't have to pick that, but for our listeners out there. That will Total be. yards for South Carolina. Okay. I mean, you can't pick it if you want, just for giggles. But yeah, you can't go over either. You got to get it closest to the number without going over. Oh, prices right rules. Oh, Are we going prices right, right rules? Prices right. I think we have to because you're going to get a lot of ties, right? So if one if one goes five oh two and there's a bunch of four ninety eights, I'm being optimistic. <laughs> so you, yeah. so you're saying it ha it it's going to be the closest under. Yeah, without going over. Price if, if, if either you're on like, it or okay. Is this not standard? I'm sorry. Uh, my bad. I, I'm not familiar with my contest uh, planning. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't it's I don't standard. know. I'm in, in honor of the late Bob Barker, let's do that. You can't come go on home. down. That's come on down. In honor of uh of the price is right, you cannot go over. So closest to total yards without going over. It's a new car. Yeah, <laughs> you know the you know the funniest the funniest thing going right right now in social media is you've been following the Iowa story with um and I always forget the first name the offensive coordinator, which of course is the son of Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz. So somebody said it might have been Kirk. Well, we need to score. I think it's three hundred and twenty-five points this year. So, and and of course. They're, they still struggle to score points. They've got like 20 in one game and 23 in another. And so you, they did remember the old cliffhanger game on prices, right? Where they had the guy yodeling. Yodelino! And it was well, yeah, the sickos committee did that. <laughs> and, and, and every, every dollar that you're off the price, the guy would go, That's further and further up oh the cliff. So he's got the cliffhanger game. He's got a picture of, of Ferentz's face, and he's got 325 at the top of the cliff. So the, the goal is to get it. It's one of the most creative things on social media. Yeah, you, you want to talk about yeah. a terrible – Needless to say, Brian is short of that on the – uh, Yeah, he's got a <laughs> Through two games. <laughs> they need to pile up some points here soon. Oh, they need dude. need to pile up some points here soon. <laughs> That was like that. My favorite games on Price is Right. If I could oh, learn, man. if I could learn to yodel, I think this would be a better show. I you do. <laughs> you think that's what would take it over the top? Huh? Like, a, like, a, like, like, a, like a pro, like a professional yodel. Like right. I'd get up here and like yodel, like for real, like they do in Switzerland. Yeah. Not yeah. just fake yodel, like real yodel. <laughs> oh, you could work on it. Go to the learn lab. How to do that. I mean, it's got to be in Chicago, some kind of yodeling. That's great. Well, society uh, or something. The I'm yodeling. Sure there is. Hey, I how you did it. I'd like to sign up for that there yodeling lesson. <laughs> Who is this redneck? <laughs> he must be from Appalachia, where there's mountains. He could probably can yodel pretty well, Bob. All right, sign him a beef sandwich. Uh indeed. Uh, All right, guys, this is now like the, the final half hour of old school. So we got to – every yeah. good comedy struggles to find an ending to the plot. Yeah, we got to find – we got to right. land the plane. So let's uh, land the plane. Land, right. We flew it. Now we've got to land it. We flew it. Well, it was it was an action-packed two-and-a-half-hour program. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, uh, uh, yeah. Nailed it. Phil, can we get a I shot think- of that Fiesta pack? Is that possible? Hold on, I got uh, here. I, let's let's uh, let's show a little love to Suki. This in is the a, this is the perfect we'll way to sign off. Just a, a minute, little, right here. 
a little way for people to just get something in their mind of what they're going to eat this weekend, potentially as they're watching the game at home with loved ones, with friends, with family. If you go to Jamie's house, do not bring any food. <laughs> if, if you if you come to mine, you're welcome to. Uh, but yeah, there are strict rules. We hey, Gamecock fans, not- Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life Arena. again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 I planned on playing that prior to us making our picks I I was just looking for the picture not a full commercial but I think uh, we we got it all you sent me audio I was like oh man I was like where's the audio one well, I wasn't, each other. I wasn't paying attention, and I thought that was you just talking, Mike. I was like, man, he's got this yes, thing I, I don't know if you know this, but I, every time I come on, I have a Mariucci band behind me, just in case. <laughs> like in the background. Dude, <laughs> he's nailing this thing. It's flowing. like right. I did, too. I was like, also, Mike went into commercial voice. I was like, this is the best ride live read in the history oh, of radio. I'm telling you, man. I, I brought the heat with that one. Me and but the hey, Mariachi. I, I want to mention one thing before we go about, because uh, uh, I know Michelle has us on at um, – at electric bikes and uh didn't want to thank her for that and uh she she and uh another one of our sponsors on carolina rise are putting together a happy hour in charleston next wednesday evening uh in shim creek at uh, uh gosh it's uh cowboys saltwater cowboys saltwater cowboys 6 30 to 8 30 uh please text her her number is on the big uh, in, in the announcement there, uh, to RSVP, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, cash bar and you can purchase food if you want. We're also having one in Georgetown at, uh, Antlers Outback, 630 to 830 on Tuesday. Uh, I want to thank everybody that helped me out the Jernigan law firm for helping me put that together. That will have complimentary food, uh, and then a cash bar or whatever. These are information sessions, membership drives, things like that. We had a really good time at the tailgate, but this is kind of more of a, a business meeting, and if you uh, have friends that don't understand NIL uh, and that need to, when well, they're interested in learning about it, please bring them along, and we'll be sure to uh, give them the lowdown, give you an update on how South Carolina's doing in general, Carolina Rise, all that good stuff. So uh, that information is on um, thebigspur.com, and we'll have more about that here on the show here in the coming days. But really, I do want to thank uh, Michelle, who's one of our sponsors here on the show, for helping out a good cause with that. Yeah, we love Michelle. She's one of the sweetest ladies out there runs two elite businesses in Mount Pleasant that serve everybody. And she's keeping me in shape and looking good. So, um, 
She's uh, all in, by the way, on the Gamecocks, says Michelle Wilkins. All in. If you ever go in there, you'd be shocked. You'll sit there for an hour and realize you haven't bought anything yet because you've been talking about South Carolina. So make sure you make sure you support their businesses as well. Electric Bites in Charleston and Charleston Fitness Equipment. The uh, Salsarita's Fab Five Challenge is up on the home screen of the Chief Sports app. And uh, so all of you that have been watching our program today, you just heard all of our picks. You can go make yours right now. Um, if you've got the app up and you just, you know, at the end of the show, just refresh it, you know, cancel out of it, and then it, the app will update uh, because there have been changes that have been made. But it is now up, and next Tuesday we'll announce it. So we're looking forward to that. Somebody's, yeah. somebody's going to win a bunch of free food to Salsaritas. Thanks to the golden tones of Mike Morgan. Apologies for the technical issues at the beginning. Glad we made up for it at the end. Guys, always a pleasure. Have a terrific weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Michael. Some foosball, and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. Monday morning meeting, 9 o'clock. See you there. There you go, Mike Morgan. All right, thanks to Phil and JC and Mike and Chris and Perry and all of you, and especially Polly Walnuts in the Nana Sports chat box. I'm JB, live from the Sinorama Studios, served by the best damn bourbon out there, Chicken Cock. You can find it also on the Chief Sports app via the Chicken Cock Challenge just uh, tap that and click find, and you can go get you a bottle before the weekend kicks off because Gamecock football will kick off at 3.30 on Saturday. For Phil and JC, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs>